I'm sorry. Uh, let me check my Take headphones. Your- I'm sipping a cup of coffee. Good morning, everyone. G hash. Good morning. Good morning, Bailey Walker. Good morning, Matt. Good morning to all you guys. Hey, sir. Can you hear me? Perfect, dude. You sound great. Excellent. Oh yeah, Siri's listening nice too. To Hi, Hi, Siri. Hi, Siri. What are you wearing, Siri? <laughs> hey, uh, am I saying your name right, Trung? Yes, Trung. Um, is that a common name? Trung is not, but the last name Win is a common last name. And you print Win, you pronounce it W Win W I N. That's correct. Trung Win. Yeah. When I Google your name, uh, I'm sure you know uh, it's a co- coffee spot, right? They're it's yeah. like a big, big coffee company. Yeah, absolutely. Are those it's guys a- out of Vietnam? That coffee company? They are. And yeah, they're making their. They're making a killing over there. They, they've been uh, killing the game, the coffee game over there for a very long time. Everyone drinks coffee. That's, oh that, that's, that's all cultures. Everyone's get from the, the – everyone. Everyone's doing coffee. Yeah, the, the Vietnamese culture, they're big into uh, drip coffee because, you know, the, the, the French colonized uh, Vietnam in the 1800s. So they adapted a lot of the uh, the culture of the French, which one one of them being uh, drip coffee. So you know they they're big into that, the baguettes, pate, all that stuff. So no shit, I, I, you know it's fun as you say this. I'm thinking to myself, I've never, I don't even know the origins of coffee. Do you know the origins of coffee? I do not. Oh, but you, at least you know back to 1800s. I just know back to like, God, I don't know, just watching my grandparents drink it. <laughs> yeah um hey uh trung i saw you on this um as i was doing research i saw you on this podcast just kidding news and i watch a lot of podcasts unfortunately and there are so many shitty podcasts and th- uh, that would that's an impressive group of people that was a good yeah. show yeah those ki- those guys uh eh, they kill it out there in uh the west coast they they're they're a funny uh group of individuals they, they nailed it down you know the the, the atmosphere, the type, the right individuals in that group to keep the story going and keep it entertaining. So, so those dudes just reached out to you. They know about your history and your service, uh, <clears throat> you know, Ranger, uh, the police, uh, and just being a good role model for all human beings. And they just reached out to you and they're like, Hey, can you come on our podcast? Actually, I know the owner, uh, Bart Kwan, he's been following me for a long time and another successful entrepreneur and uh he's like hey dude you want to come out and come on our podcast I was like i'm like fuck yeah let's do this shit so yeah i'm, I'm looking at their youtube channel they have over a billion views a buh 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> they've been doing it for a long time consistency man people yeah. don't know it's all about being consistent you know yeah Hey, um, uh, I, I want to come back to that and ask you about that, the consistency thing in a second. But what's their deal really quick? Who, who it, it's, um, are those all, are those Vietnamese dudes? And, and who's the one white girl? How, like, what's this, what's their deal? Just in a nutshell. I'm just curious. Do you know? You about know them? I, no, I, I okay. really don't. It's just like, uh, they're not just Vietnamese. They're different uh, Asian cultures. And okay. I, it's just one of those groups that they just mingle well together. And it just, they can tell uh, a good story and, and, you know, talk about, certain topics and make it entertaining and they they're doing a great job their setup is very simple too i mean camera couple cameras 
just some tables and and one white light. Literally, that's all. That's all they have. There's, it was nothing fancy, but look, they're they're crushing it. Six hosts. Yeah. That just sounds like any time I see more than one host, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a fucking nightmare. This is just, when I see more than one host, I just think someone's a pussy. Like, oh, you're too scared to talk to <laughs> by yourself. And because because I go through phases like that where I'll have like a co-host like for a week or two weeks, and and I I feel the the pussy creep you know come in like oh I'm I'm relying on that person, but dude, these guys killed it. Anyway, hats off to them, and thanks for uh, introducing me to those guys. Really yeah. impressive. Uh, for those of you who were talking about just uh, kidding news, um. Uh, you're an immigrant. I am. Yeah, do, do uh, like 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 my dad. Uh, and and you're doing the dream. Would you say you're doing the dream, the American dream? I I definitely say I, I am. Um, the, America has given me all these opportunities. All I have to do is take advantage of it and give it my all. You know, and that's what I did. People here they love to complain, especially those who were born here. For, they're so comfortable and they're so used to the way the, of, of life, of instant gratification. You know, everything is on your smartphone. You can purchase anything you fucking want. You know what I mean? Uh, Google, not, not Google, I Uber, do. you know, Uber. Uh, you can even buy alcohol, have it delivered to you. People get comfortable. Then they run out of things to complain about. They start complaining about little petty shit. But people fail to realize about gratitude and what they have and how the rest of the world is suffering and they don't know how good they have it. Millions of people always try to come here to America. There's so many lives that have been lost for for countless years of people trying to cross vast oceans, trying to cross the border and whatnot to try to come here to America because they, they understand what we stand for and they understand the opportunities that is presented. Yeah, no, no one's trying to escape the United States and get down to uh, Venezuela. No, you see all these fucking uh, celebrities, you know, talking shit about America. But they're, they're not going to leave. Then leave. <laughs> are, are you currently on the Chicago uh, PD? No, I've uh, retired early. I did 10 years with them. I left early uh, to pursue my goal as an entrepreneur. Awesome. Challenge myself. Good on you. And, and, and what year did you leave? This year. This. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. February. I, I have so I have so many questions. And uh, at no time um, am, am I – and I have a lot of guys on here who've, who've been in the military and at no time or, – or police officers. And at no time, by the way, will I ever take offense to you saying, hey, I'm just not going to talk about that. Just sure. so you know. Okay. But, but, there are, but I do have tons of questions and, on how things are, are going down in the United States. And um, it wasn't my intention to ask you these questions. But then more and more as I was just listening, looking about your background, I was more interested in your background. Then I'm like, wait a second. I got some questions that this guy probably has insight into that yeah. maybe I should ask that, that honestly, I think a lot of police officers are just afraid to answer. Yeah. I'm, I'm not afraid cause I'm fucking retired. They can, they can, they can fucking go pound sand. You know, uh, oh. I, I, I was tired of the way policing was, especially in big metropolitan departments, you know, and I talk a lot about that on my uh, documentary that I, we, that we just released on Amazon called win. No so shit. Yeah, we just dropped it on uh, Amazon, and it's doing very well. And it, I go go into detail about my experience uh, being a police officer in a big metropolitan department, the politics, the bullshit, and everything in between. Uh, uh, spe spell it for me, the, the name of the documentary. Yeah, it's N-G-U-Y-E-N, -E my last name. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it was directed by Sean Spencer, and he reached out to me because he did a documentary called Ranger. And it was based on this army ranger who uh, 
you know, talked about his time in the peak of the war of, of uh, you know, the global war and terror and how it affected him. And I got to watch and I was like, Sean, this is powerful. So, yeah, there it is. <clears throat> uh, Ning, uh, 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 Win. I keep wanting to say Ning Gwen. Win. <laughs> uh, the incredible true story of Trung Win, a refugee who fled Vietnam as a boy and came to America from the streets of Chicago to a war-torn city of Mosul. Uh, when there's a story of war, passion, corruption, and the indomitable will of one man's American dream, an inside look into the modern law enforcement and the complex issues of facing officers and uh, policymakers. Dude, this is awesome. Wow, congratulations. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Holy cow. Yeah, we just released that uh, three weeks ago. Why? Um, do you remember when you started an Instagram account? Was that your first social media account you ever started? Yeah, I did. I, I started in like 2015. And, and just for fun, just like, hey, what's this shit that everyone's doing? Yeah, pretty much. I was like, hey, what's this? Let's let's join. I see people posting photos. I was like, <clears throat> I'm just going to post like workout videos and stuff like that and see where it goes. And, and then and then since then, it, it, you've, you've fully embraced it. You love it. You enjoy the creative process. You like posting the pictures. You love the interaction with the world. Yeah, I do. I think uh, a lot of... Uh, officers or, or people in the service, they, you know, they, they're embracing it more and you should, because if you don't go out there and show people uh, that you're a true human being and that you're not a robot and, you know, you look, you know, you breathe, you put on your pants the same way, you know, it's just the uniform that separates that people let the media portray how officers are. Right. And they think they're corrupted killers, uh, freaking people who uh who are racist and all that so I, I decided and i got a lot of pushback from my command like hey man you gotta you know chill out like you know i'm i told him like hey it's either we go out there we show the world what we're about and 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 that we're human beings and we're good people or you're, you're gonna let the media do that so and, and that one that argument won yeah i mean they can't i mean this is my right i'm not posting anything that's going to jeopardize the team I'm not going to post any kind of like operational security that's going to jeopardize their operational securities as i.e. Uh, warrants like, oh, yeah, I'm going to serve. We're going to be serving a warrant today at this time. I'm never going to do any of that. And everything that I post is just my view, my experience and my own uh, take in life. So are you married? Uh, yeah. And, and kids? Uh, yeah, too. And, and do you show them on your social media? No, no. Probably smart. Yeah, and, and do you do that? On, you do that on purpose. That's a, that's a um, concerted effort. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm hearing a little popping. That's why I'm over here messing with switches and stuff, pretending like I know what I'm doing. Um, you 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 did um, you came over to the United States. Or you came from Vietnam to the Philippines, from Philippines to the United States, uh, from the United States, uh, raised. By a single mom, um, streets of Chicago uh, gave you a huge part of your upbringing. Uh, enter the military, uh, get a, uh, have a, a really busy experience there. You enter because of 9-11. Um, you're inspired to go into the military because of 9-11. Um, have a very uh, busy career there uh, with, with daily and nightly operations at, at the highest level as a ranger. Then you uh, get out and you start I'm looking for a home in, um, well, first you take a year off and get into uh, alcohol and uh, being bummed out. And then you uh, pull your shit together and you start taking a tour of police academies. 
LAPD, and then eventually end up at Chicago SWAT? Yeah. I um, think a, a lot of people at that time. Um, when they're... I think we got something wrong with one of your cables. I, I, God, I hope it's you. I hate, I hate for it to be am, my fault. Am, am I good? It, no, something's crinkling. Shake this, shake your um, cable. Let me see. Maybe is that separate from your microphone? Your headset separate from your microphone? Yes. Hmm. You're still making that noise. Yeah. It, when you move around, it makes it. Okay, I'll sit still. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't. You don't need to do that. Okay, go ahead. We'll do. Yeah, that. I, I think uh, a lot of people don't realize the effect of trauma of war, right? Uh, I think back then everybody thought like, "Hey, you suck it up, you know, you go to war, you this is what you're signed up for, you get your fucking alpha dude." So you know, nothing, any dr- trauma that you see with the killings, uh, you know, guys getting blown up, you know, that's that's the norm. You suck it up, and people don't realize it. It affects the shit out of soldiers. It doesn't matter where you're, uh, what branch you are what uh, what your job is you could be like the most high speed delta force dude the seal team six all the way down to some somebody who is not that much of a door kicker but war affects everybody and it affected me you know and when i came back from uh from it and from my from my contract i was in a dark place you know i had no one to talk to no one uh, could understand what I was going through. And police officers go through the same trauma. Uh, firefighters go through the same trauma, you know, and we, we don't have anybody to rely on and we turn out the hall. And, and I was in a dark place for a long time and I, I found God and God pulled me out of it, you know, uh, without really, him. that's how it happened. You found God. Yeah. Hey, I mean, hey. I, I did, I did find God before then, but I, it's just that, that year really, really, you know, is when I, I really talked to him. So, uh, look at look at the the pundits are weighing in. Uh, um, it's not that bad. What are you talking about? Sounds like he's making fucking popcorn back there. This is a horrible head headphone cord. No, it's not the headphone cord. It's the mic. It's the mic. When he stopped talking, it went away. That's interesting. He, yeah, it only it's only there when you're talking. Hey, will you log out and come back in for a second, or will you unplug maybe the 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 cable and plug it back in the microphone cable? Sure. Let me see. Okay. Uh, look at look at th- thank you someone else thought the same thing cave dastro oh yeah when he unplugs it it goes away when you unplugged it the hum went away oh and then you mute uh, you got to unmute yourself now too sorry when you unplugged it it automatically muted you how's it now oh, oh good. good now we just, have, just an echo. have an echo great let me figure this out give me one second sir okay, okay. but the audio, the audio is, good, is now. good now let me plug it in this way you may have to change your settings too. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, that's good, dude. Why can't I hear? That's good. All right. This is technical difficulties. It's Apologies fine. about that. No, no worries at all. At all. Look at look at everyone's weighing in. Chasing. How about now? Yeah, good. You're good. You're so good. For some reason I can't you can't hear me. I can't hear you. Okay. Uh maybe go to your uh settings. But you can't hear me for me to tell you to go to your settings. I'm going to leave and I'm going to come back. Okay. Oh, there you go. We can call him on the phone too. It happens. It happens. It happens. It happens. Wow. What a fucking jackass I am. The guy has a documentary, an Amazon documentary, and I don't even know about it. That sucks. 
I feel like a schmo for not knowing about the dock. Hey. hey. How's that? Oh, that's good. Yeah, I can hear you too. Perfect. Hey, dude, I feel like a schmo for not have uh, not have known that this documentary was out. Yeah, no worries. No worries. That was a fuck up. Well, it's a good excuse to have you back on again. Watch it and then and then and then have you back on going back to what you were saying i have a buddy uh, of a bunch of buddies who are police officers uh i try to keep this as vague as i can but he's probably one of the most badass dudes i know uh and um he he got to a call and he went down to the river's edge and there was a naked girl there of laying in the stream just locally uh who had killed herself and that it fucked him and he he got kids right he got little kids uh, girls uh, and, and it fucked him up. Yeah. When he came and told me, so he's like, yeah, I didn't like that at all. Oh, so yeah. That, he said that wasn't fun at all. You know, let, honestly, let alone the, the nightly operations and the kind of shit you were doing. You know, honestly, I'll tell you this, sir. Um, you know, seeing gangbangers shot and stuff like that, it, it didn't affect me. Right. Because because that is what is the part of the job that when I signed up, I knew that I was going to be dealing with the worst of the worst of, of the criminal element. And, you know, seeing that it. It doesn't affect me as, as much, but you know, it really affected me when I went on a, a call be, before I became, before I joined a full-time SWAT team. And, you know, I had to go to a, a, a criminal sexual assault call of this little girl that was being raped by her, um, the mother's boyfriend while she's gone. He would like send her off and he'll, and he'll do like these things, these horrible things to this young girl. And when I came there and I, I saw her and, 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 you know, and I could tell in her eyes, you know, that she's been traumatized and, 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 and to, to look at that piece of shit that affected the shit out of me. You know, it, 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 it's still it's still to this day affects me when I see a helpless little girl like that uh, being put through that trauma time and time again. Because this, this has happened multiple times after the detectives interview this piece of shit of what he's done to this little young girl and then i'll tell you seeing shit like that it just it doesn't go away it just it sticks with you yeah it, it, as soon as you said that i recalled he told me a couple stories and then he just stopped telling me stories of going to those calls too yeah of of, of going to uh the dudes and you, what's crazy is dude how often is it the mom's boyfriend oh it's all it's it happens more than you think it's it's, it's crazy awesome. yeah yeah hey this young super young Single digits, age, not not even, you know, and it, it's it breaks my heart, man. Like I don't I don't want to hate on men. I love men. Do not leave your little kids alone with men. Pretty much, period. If you are a, men are a very fucking unique group of characters on the planet. Do not leave little kids alone with men. We're capable of just fucking all sorts of crazy shit. I love men too. They're they're so underappreciated. But do not your job as a parent is to raise your kids. Do not leave them alone. I have this whole thing um, uh, when of two. It's like I, I don't want my kindergarten. To, I don't want. Well, well, it starts with the tranny reading hours. No. I am not interested in. Um, why can't they have like Asian SWAT team guy reading night where they just take Asian dudes from SWAT teams and they read at public libraries? I'm cool with that. Why yeah. do you have to choose? I know that guy's got some issues too. He became a cop, but I don't <laughs> want dudes who have this unquenchable thirst to dress as women and then also spend time with kids being at the, being the premier reading hour at my library. How come yeah. we don't like have Amish lady reading hour? How come we don't have, 
why did Pee Wee Wer Herman have to be such a fucking weirdo? Yeah. Like, why can't I just, why can't it just be the Carpenter Joe reading hour? Like, if you have to have men reading to kids, why can't it be your local carpenter or your local chef or the guy who's in the rock band? Why does it have to be the dudes who want to dress as women? I just. They're and, trying and, to normalize it. And, and who are these people who think it's okay to bring their kids there? Yeah. I, I'm not even hating on them. You want to dress as a woman, do it all day long. But why is that the only person who's reading at the fucking public library? You know, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something that is that, that a lot of people don't think of, but it's it's happening. It's been happening for a long time is we, we are at war, but it's not a physical war. It's a psychological war that has been placed uh, in America through our enemies, because how are they going to affect us? Because, you know, right now we are the superpower, right? We like if you try to go to war with America, we'll come. We'll fuck you up. Because we have all the guns, all the uh, airships, everything. So Russia and China knows they on a head-on war. You know, it's 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 not going to be good for them. So how are they going to win a war on us by infiltrating our school systems through college, infiltrating all of our family values, destroying our core from within, having us fight each other from within? And you see it now, liberals versus. I, I'm not. I'm not a conservative. I'm not a liberal. I'm pro fucking America, right? Anything that is for us to better our country, I'm all for it. And right now we, we're in this big fight of left versus right. Uh, you know, it's okay to have trans be in, 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 in the schools reading, like you said. It's, it's okay to have children be able to decide their sex, which is fucking crazy. So that's how they're doing it. They're just trying to destroy us from within. And, re- and they're succeeding. If you look at TikTok, if you ever look at China's TikTok compared to our TikTok, it's completely different. China's TikTok is family wholesome. Uh, talk about education. Talk about like the family core values. TikTok here is, oh, let's see who's fucking can twerk the best or do these freaking r- ridiculous things. You know, eat Tide Pods. Eat Tide Pods. Yeah. They censor their TikToks in China. Just to let you know that. And here it's just. They're, and it's all purposely done. When, when you say you're not right or left, okay, I, I hear you. And um, I was raised in the Bay Area. I grew up in Berkeley, California. I, I <clears> believed in doing uh, hugging trees and, you know, uh, use racism to fight racism. We called it affirmative action. And I believed in it was okay to sacrifice children and kill children as long, uh, in the baby, in the mom's stomach because it was women's rights. I, I believed all that. But 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 none of the but the thing here is is when okay if i'm not a republican now that my the thing is okay i'm not a republican let's say or i'm not a libertarian let's say i'm just pro america i'm pro let's say i'm pro god even even though even even though i'm not a, a religious man i'm not a christian i am very pro god cuz i like all the i'm really i like the values of people who who are on god's who like god right i love their values and and, and I know America is just a made up idea, but but that's OK. I'm pro America and I'm sure as fuck pro family because I got three little boys yeah. and those three go together. Great. But it's no Republicans when you can't find one Republican who thinks it's OK for men who have an unquenchable desire to dress as women, to hang out with little boys, to facilitate that relationship. And so I'm at. There's not one Republican who's okay with that. Not one. You can't find one. You can't find one Republican who's like, okay, it's okay to kill babies in the mom's womb. Or maybe you can find a few. 
so what are our choices? Like, like, aren't you going to have to vote Republican? Like, what yeah, are our you, choices? Yeah, you know, honestly, I don't mean to pigeonhole you. I'm asking you sincerely. Like, I don't yeah. want, I don't want to be Republican or Democrat either. But it's like, yeah. fuck, the Democrats are fucking. Yeah. They're defending undefendable fucking crazy shit now. Yeah, absolutely. And if I've, if I'm left with that choice, and I, I would honestly vote Republican. You yeah. know, just because of uh, what they stand for compared to what the Democrats are standing for at, at this moment, which is scary as shit. Uh, but in the end, none of that matters to me. You know, to me, we are one to me. I believe anybody who lives here in the United States, we, we, we should come together. We should unify. That's what's going to make us strong. And we stick together as, 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 as a country, right? Everybody's going to have their opinions, which is fine. You're entitled to your fucking opinions. Yeah. You know, I'm never, I'm never, I'm never going to sit there and talk shit about your opinions or where you come from. No, no. I, you know, your way of life is your way of life. But when it comes down to the nitty gritty, we need to stick together as, as a country. But right now we're not, we're falling apart. You can see, you can see it um, through your very own eyes. So it's crazy. Speaking of falling apart, Chicago, when I think of one of the epicenters of shit falling apart, I think of like I think of Portland, um, Chicago, um, San Francisco. Um, how, how bad did it get in Chicago with Lori Lightfoot? She seemed absolutely off her rocker. It got horrible. It got it, extremely horrible. It was, it was extremely dangerous for the citizens because of her bullshit. Was or is? Is. It still is. And the new mayor is no different. Uh, you know, it's like I, I posted on my story the other day of why, you know, guys always come to me asking me, yeah, you know, is being the police dead? Being is this job dead? I tell them the job's not dead. Uh, being a police officer is one of the most honorable professions you can do. It's just you got to pick and choose the right department to work for. And working for a big metropolitan department like New York City, uh, Chicago, is not it because you cannot be the police. You cannot go out there and do your job. And I posted a video that Channel 7 News showed the radio uh, frequency, uh, the radio chatter, too, of, uh, you know, there's four uh, mass men with long guns robbing people at two o'clock in the morning. And it was observed by a unmarked police car at the moment, like this crime happening. So the the, the the, the follow so they started following this car and it, go, it went over the air like hey yeah we're following this Dodge Durango down Western Avenue and there's four masked men with long guns and then you know then the Mark car came and they turned on their uh, lights and sirens and you know that you hear the dispatch saying you know 20 I forgot the the unit's number but there's 20 something like do you uh do you have your lights and sirens on and, and you could hear the officer saying 104 and he's, you can hear him off the officer saying again yeah, there's four individuals in the car. They got long guns. And then you hear uh, the, a supervisor come over the air and say, terminate the chase. So they, they have to terminate. And, and policy with the, uh, with, with the Chicago Police Department is like when, when the supervisor calls a termination of the chase, you literally have to turn off your lights, pull to the side of the road, wait for them to come to log you in to make sure that you stop where, uh, where you said you stopped. So they let go. A, a criminal element who committed a crime that early morning that was observed robbing people. And now the police officers 
identify them in the car and they're driving away. They got long guns, but they can't stop them. They can't do their jobs. And it's, it's scary. The, the criminal knows it. So yeah. The, oh, knows it. And, and they're, they're running amok. They're, they're, they're terrorizing. They're, 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 they're destroying what Chicago used to be, how beautiful. And you look at San Francisco, they, they're, they're getting ready to close a bunch of targets because of criminal elements freaking going in there looting. Dude, um, San Francisco, I don't know how familiar you are, you are with the city, but it's, it's, it was my home, uh, the Bay Area, and they closed the Nordstrom's there. And the Nordstrom's there was the city. It, so, it was basically the top like seven stories of this mall, and the yeah. Nordstrom's didn't have any doors. It was kind of like the epicenter of like Chicago, uh, San Francisco's shopping area. It's gone. It's closed. Be- yeah. Because of all the crime. Is that what we're seeing? It's like the purge. Like um, I follow all of these city Instagram accounts and every day there's three or four posts of just kids marauding into stores and cleaning out the stores. That, yeah, that's crazy. It, it, and, and you're hearing about Home Depot employees who are being fired or whatnot for trying to stop uh, the criminals. You're not allowed to stop the criminals anymore. Or Lululemon employees who got fired for trying to stop criminals. It's guess who's making those laws. The, the people who are sitting in, in, in the office, right? It's not us. It's not the law enforcement. We're here to enforce the law. But how can we enforce the law when the law says anything above uh, anything? If they take anything below one thousand dollars, it's not considered a crime. So we're, yeah. what are we going to do? Right. You know, and, our and no are, small business can handle that. No small business oh, can sustain oh, that. Absolutely not. It's crushing the, the, the small business people, you know, targeting them. They can bounce back. They're a billion dollar company. They'll take the loss. They'll be okay. You know, it's the small mom and pops are suffering. And, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to continue voting for the people who are making these fucking ridiculous policies. Are you going to be like, Hey, enough is enough. Let's, 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 let's put aside left and right. Let's, let's, let's talk about what is right. And this is not fucking right. You know, Uh, but it's, it's the world we live in now. Let me paint this picture for you, and then and then you add in whatever you want. Uh, George Floyd happens. Um, we have a, <clears throat> a we all know uh, George. Well, some people still don't know George's uh, situation, but it was the third time he'd been pulled over, like in less than a year. All three times he ate the drugs when he was pulled over. Doctors had told him he better stop doing that. All three times in all three arrests, he'd said, "I can't breathe." He was t- the police actually took him out of the car because he said he couldn't breathe. They were trying to help him. Uh, an officer who was surrounded by a hostile crowd puts his knee on the guy's neck and the guy died while he's holding there and trying to check out the situation. And the guy dies while he's high on fentanyl, um, high on alcohol, high on meth, uh, uh, had already been charged with putting a gun on a pregnant woman's stomach. The whole thing, a, a bad guy, bad situation. He dies. The country goes into upheaval. And they start talking about these 12 unarmed black men in 2000 in, in the entire United States who were killed in 2020. I think it was mm-hmm. out of the 365 million stops that police officers do. 12 unarmed black men were killed. Uh, who knows how many unarmed white men were killed? Who gives a fuck? But um, and, and I think all 12 of those men also re- uh, resisted arrest. Also notice that those are men. There's no there were no women. Um, and. So basically the country goes into upheaval because it can't show any discernment or contextualize or put anything into relativity that basically we have these cops on the street to protect us and there's going to be accidents and these guys have guns, but we don't even know if these are accidents or not. Maybe these are all just killings at that point, police officers everywhere completely disengage 
with um uh or or vastly disengage with anyone who has melanated skin. And over the next two years, we see black on black uh, murders increase by 34 percent nationwide under the guise of stopping police from killing people with melanated skin. So we're going to attack police. There becomes this massive two year campaign to hate on police. And so the police, my friends, the stories I hear, this is the most gentle story I've heard. I've heard dozens of them. Uh, a, 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 ca- a car flew by one of my friends who's a cop uh, at 85 miles an hour on the freeway. My, he flips on the lights. He catches the guy. He pulls up. He sees it's a black guy and he lets him go. He's like, fuck that. I ain't doing that. I'm not losing my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that happens all over the country. And basically what we're seeing is, is we're seeing a police force that doesn't want to engage because they don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. And now we're in the fucking purge. It's uh, it's is that is that a rough is that a fair narrative of what we just saw? Yeah, because, you know, here's the thing. You're you're right, because the 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 cops who saw that, they don't want to be the next YouTube sensation. They don't want to be hung out to dry by their police department. Right. You know, and they're not going to they're afraid to do their job. They're they're, they start second guessing themselves. Right. And on top of that is a domino effect, because you got to understand the police departments, police, wherever they have a rotating door, right? Like people work, they do a certain amount of time, they retire. And the guys who are like the, the guys who have like 20 years on, who's going to do 30, they're like, fuck this, I'm retiring. So a ton of officers are retiring early because this job is not the same anymore. You know, we can't do our job. Everybody's on eggshells. And then what do you, what, what does that produce? That produces uh, of you're scaring away good candidates. Anybody who is like intelligent, who's physically fit, they look at the job. They're like, I'm not going to do this fucking job. Are you crazy? Go out there and put on a badge and, ju- and just in case I'm g- being called a racist. Hell no. Right. So they take right. their uh, their skill set. They'll go somewhere else. They'll go through like a three letter agency. You never hear anything about the FBI or the CIA or they'll do that route. Right. And what, what are you left with? Canada, uh, like they are they police departments right now have a very um, hard time finding recruits to become police officers. I so bet. Now, now they're, they're lowering their standards. Oh, now if you have such and such on your record, it's okay. You can still be a cop. Oh, you don't need a, uh, you know, college, uh, uh, college degree anymore. They start lowering the standards and we see it. When I was in my last year as at, on the Chicago police department, I saw the, uh, cause I, I would go to the police Academy uh, sometimes and use the bathroom or eat. Cause it was like centralized in Chicago. And I would see these candidates out of shape. They're, they're, I was talking to some of the uh, the instructors in the academy. Uh, you know, they do they got to do something called a, a power test for them to pass, right? You got that means like a, a mile and a half run. You gotta do you got to bench press. You know, let's say I think it's ninety percent of your body weight, depending on your age group. Uh, a set amount of sit-ups. A lot of some of these candidates were so out of shape they couldn't even pass the run, but they let them walk. Just walk it and you'll pass. And that's and that's what's going on nowadays. You have such and it, it's the wrong thing to do. If you want good officers, if you want uh, great people to show up to your calls, you got to give them the training. You got to give them the competence. You got to back them up. Right. If, if you sh- if you shit on the job and, and you treat them like shit and you'll hang them out to dry before the investigation even starts on what happened, because that's what well, you saw that like a lot of these incidents before anything, any kind of like investigation happens, they go right away. Oh, yeah, they, 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 they throw up their hands. Yeah, it's the officer's fault, blah, 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 right before anything even starts. But so that tells you who, who would want this job, who would want to do this job. And that not many anymore. 
And it's the same thing with the recruitment for the Army. They're down by 15%. I can't even – I'm surprised they're not down by more than that. Yeah, they, they're, they're down by 15%. They're not I, have a fr- I have a friend who's on a base who said that there's four people there who are there just because the government's paying for their transition. That's why they joined the military. And they're completely undeployable and unusable because of all the drugs they're on. Yeah. B- bizarro world, right, dude? It's crazy now. Hey, crazy. do you think that the public can be educated? I have a pretty hard – since I've had kids, I have a pretty hard line. Like m- my feeling is is if you resist arrest, then the cops should be able to use almost any force necessary. The second you resist arrest – I know that's pretty harsh, but like I fully believe that. And then any concern that the cop ever has for you going to grab his gun, I think the cop should be able to uh, shoot you. And the reason why I think that is because if I'm going by with my stroller and my three little kids and you grab the cop's gun, I'm fucked. Yeah. So, I like, think- I don't have any tolerance for resistant arrest. I don't have any. But but it feels like so many people are like, well, they should have tased him first. They should have shot him in the knee first. They uh, there's all of these. Should have. Yeah, should have. Like like th- like that lady who I think that lady there's a lady who shot a guy in his car. And she pulled out the gun instead of the taser. She pulled out the wrong thing. Yeah. And people were judging her. I'm like, dude, the second he resisted arrest with someone who has a gun, I don't care what happens. You know what, I'll, you know what it comes down to? Training. You got to give your officers training, right? And if you, if you want these officers on the street to be competent, and a lot of departments don't, give them proper training. The last time, like in CPD, if you join the Chicago Police Department, the only training you're going to get is the police academy. And when you get out of there, They'll have like online training that, you know, PowerPoints, but how many cops sit there and go through the PowerPoints and pay attention, right? Not many. You got to give them hands-on training consistently throughout their, their career to have them have competence. And it's, it's, it's simple, like stuff, like start implementing jujitsu in the Academy and have it something that is going to progress through your entire career, right? Because if you know that, let's, for example, if you are a police officer and you're a blue belt in jujitsu, and somebody resists arrest, you know this, you know the technique to to take them down, down to the ground, to take, you know, to, to put them in an a, a uncomfortable position and place handcuffs on them. And what, what you're seeing now is a lot of cops, they don't have that training. So they're starting to pull out their baton, they're starting wailing their baton all over the place, or they're they're using their fist, and it looks bad on camera. Yeah. Because they're trying to go back in their roller decks, like, okay. I'm trying to fall back to my train. I'm trying to remember my train because that's what happens under stress. People don't realize that people think it's like John Wick, you know, like John Wick movies that automatically you you can shoot two people at once. You can do all these things. No, when you're under stress, you don't rise to the level of that, of that uh, uh, incident. You fall to the level of your training. Uh, uh, and that's why when, when I, when I joined the Ranger regiment, our training was at this fucking level. Right. And war was at this level because it had to be that way. We had to train 10 times harder than what we would face in war. Why? Because when we go to war and if it's like this and we train like this, it's easy day. That's why we're that's why the Ranger Regiment is such a fucking badass lethal unit out there because their 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 soldiers are trained so high. The standards is so high that no matter what we meet out there in the real battlefield, we're going to crush them. And that's the way that the police department has to see it too. You have to train your officers so high and give them so much fucking training 
that when they're going out there, they're dealing with these uh, criminals or dealing with people who resist arrest. They can have competence in their training to be able to place those people into custody and, 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 and end it. Right. And not, oh, uh, OK. Oh, this is not working. The, the, the fist is not working. Let me pull out the taser and tasers only work half the time. So if you, I, I dealt with incidents where I've tased somebody and it, did, it didn't, it didn't do anything to them. They just, they, kept, they, just kept, they just kept fighting with you. They kept fighting with me. So what are you going to do then? Oh, oh I got, I'm going to, I'm going to use my mace. Some people are immune to mace. Like half of my, half of my academy class, when they got during their training, when they got mace in the eyes, it didn't affect them. Me, it affected shit out of me, but uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? that but, shit sounds uh, horrible. It, it does, but that tells you something. Like you can't like those are tools. Yeah, yeah, it's tools. But the, the most important tool that you have is your mind and your in your body, right? And if you give that the best uh, type of training possible, then you're you're gonna have a squared away officer. It's gonna mitigate lawsuits. It's gonna make your police department look good because hey, look, there's a video of uh, an incident at the White, White Sox game. There was this patrol guy dealing with this drunk dude. It was right after the game and he started to resist, you know, and some verbal shit w- went down and he pushed the officer. So the officer, now, now you battered the police officer. Now you're under arrest. Now you see this officer struggling to put this dude under in handcuffs, but he did, but he has no skills. So he's trying to use this technique that he learned in the police academy. God knows when he went through and it's not being effective. And here comes my SWAT buddy, who's a black belt in jujitsu. And luckily his car, like he, we were there on scene. They, and we heard it over the radio. He came there, he got out of the car. He took the suspect down and literally in two techniques, placed the dude in handcuffs. And it was from done jiu- from jujitsu. Yeah. From you know, jiu-jitsu. you know how many cops I've heard say that, that, that yeah. in order to be a cop, you should be, what's the second belt blue belt. You should be a yeah. blue belt. You should be a blue belt. Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. mandatory for all police departments yeah. to implement jujitsu into to to the training because it's going to be it's the one of the most safest way to put somebody in the in custody because it's all about technique it's all about placing them in a position of uh being uncomfortable and using leverage hey i i also think this um if you have a daughter and you don't have her in jujitsu you're fucking nuts yeah my my buddy who owns a gym you're nuts uh, a jujitsu gym her, his daughter is like 18 she's a black belt she, yeah. she fucking choke both of us out if she wanted to. You know, it's, it's freaking crazy. Yeah. The most, I mean, I was listening to two of the guys next to me in the class. My kids go to jujitsu. My kids do martial arts almost seven days a week. They Hell do yeah. it seven times. Yeah. Not maybe not seven days a week, but seven times a week for sure. And I, there was a, um, the two men next to me were our practitioners, and I'm not. I'm just a dad that drives the van around. And, uh, they were based, they were, they were talking about how value, if you have someone in guard, they're fucked. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, if you're a fucking girl and you're on your back and you have your legs open and that's your most powerful position in the martial arts you've been trained in, you're a black belt, dudes are fucked. Yeah. Teaches the kids discipline too. Teaches them hard work. Teaches them to, to stay consistent, right? That's what it teaches them. And it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help them throughout their life. Your kid, do your kids do martial arts? Uh, so my, my daughter, she does. Uh, my son, he likes to run. So he's a big runner. And um, are your kids in the public school system? Yeah, we're in. So Texas public school system is amazing. It's night and day compared to uh, Chicago. So it is as I would say the Texas uh, school system, public school system is 
is on par to the private school systems up in Chicago. I mean, the classes are small. The have, you, ha are have you thought about homeschooling them? I, we, we talked about it for sure, but uh, we haven't decided yet on it. My wife is so. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, and you're still married. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kudos. Good on you. That puts you in your, in a, in a rare class. Um, and is, is it a private school or public school? Uh, where that they go to? It's a, yeah. it's a public school. Public school. Yeah. I, I was thinking about, like I said, if I, if I, I'm not religious, but if I, if I were to send my kids to school, I would, I think I would send them to like some sort of religious school. Yeah. Where they're like on the straight and narrow and no one's going to say anything fucking crazy. Like, Hey, you can become a, a, a girl or you can, you can change your sex. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, ab absolutely. You can't buy alcohol, but you can you can decide on your sex change. Yeah, you can't get a tattoo. You can, <laughs> yeah, you can't get a tattoo yet until you're 18. But if you want to, if you if you want to chop off your willy and become a girl, you you can you can start this process. Um, Trung, can you tell me about um why you retired? The thought process of retiring after 10 years being <clears throat> a cop. How many years were you a cop? I know you were 10 years in Chicago. How many years oh, were you a cop? Years total. 14 years total. Yeah, I did uh, three separate departments. Uh, but, you know, I, I was at the pinnacle of where I was in terms of like, hey, I was on the full-time SWAT team. I was a point guy uh, on the shield, you know, and I just got, it, it just got comfortable, you know, and, and I wanted a challenge and it, it didn't challenge me anymore. So I was like, and, you know, I was, I had my company, We Go Home, and uh, I started that in like 2019 and, uh, it started to do real well. And, and I got to, a, I got to a crossroad where I had to decide, Hey, either I go all in, in my company, or I keep doing this route, the police route and kind of like do a half-assed job with, uh, we go home. And so I decided, Hey, you know, I don't, I don't believe in the comfort zone. I don't believe in never, I, I never peak. I believe in that. I believe you, as a human being, you should always challenge yourself. You should always push yourself every single day. Your goal every single day, no matter what it is, is to be a better version of yourself. So I, I put my money where my mouth is. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to throw away this cush job of a promise of a pension two paychecks a month insurance. I left that all behind to pursue uh, my, my dream. My goal is to be an entrepreneur, to push this message. I believe I could make a greater impact in uh, law enforcement, military and in, in fire and first responders. If I, I made, if I made this jump and I decided to make this fucking jump. So that's why I'm down here in Texas to pursue this goal, to chase the unknown. Um, how how long have you been running uh, We Go Home uh, while you were um, with the Chicago PD? Uh, since 2019. So four, four or five years. Yeah. Was it hard um, managing uh, both? Uh, it, it was. It was. It definitely was because our, our tempo was very high. Uh, we were um, – yeah, we were busy. We were very, very busy. We, we had a lot of work, but I was passionate about – the, the message and I wanted to change lives. I wanted to help uh, officers and, and firefighters and military personnel and first responders. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to give it my all in this too, because uh, that message needs to be pushed out there. Do, do you, would that be something you suggest uh, people, uh, first responders do that they, they, they have a, um, a, a, their own, their own business so that they do have that freedom if they do want to jump. Uh, to make the transition if you have a passion about something and if you want to turn it to your 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 business absolutely 
I, I, I absolutely. I, I would recommend that. Um, you know, when I was on the police department last year, a lot of guys on my team were bitching and moaning about the supervisors and the way things are and, and the policymakers, the mayor, but they're, they're stuck, right? Cause that's all they know. Policing is all they know. They're going to do 20 years on it because they don't have any other skill set. But if you have other skill set, i.e., for example, woodworking, making uh, some awesome plaques, uh, designing and, and, and clothing or whatever it is that you do, I pursue it. You know, if that's something that you you and I think that's what holds a lot of people back is they, the, you know, you know, that saying where uh, the richest place in the world is the cemetery. Because that's where a lot of people's ambitions, dreams, and, and ideas go to die. Because they're too afraid to make that jump. And I, I'll tell you, if you're in that position and you are and you have that one thought and that one idea that you want to turn into life, fucking do it. That's what I did. We Go Home started as a, a single thought. And I, it could have stayed that way if I was a scared bitch and didn't want to turn it into reality. But I, I, I don't live that way. You know, and I, I, and I was like, hey, I'm going to turn my idea I'm going to put my my passion out there to the world. So I did. And and when you say if you were a scared bitch, but do you have a scared bitch that lives inside of you, but that you have to keep in check? Like if it, if it rears its head, you fucking slap it around or you. Yeah. Like, my inner bitch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I call it my inner bitch. Everybody has an inner bitch and it, the inner bitch rears his ugly head here and there. Right. And right now I'll tell you. I've crushed it so much that it rarely comes out anymore, you know, but it, you know, in the beginning, so the most simple thing as, Hey, your alarm going off and you're in, you're in your fucking comfortable bed, you know, Oh, I'm, I'm going to hit the snooze for 10 more minutes. That's your inner bitch winning. And, 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 and you know what I mean? And when I, when that alarm goes off, I fucking get out of bed immediately because I, that's the first W of the day, right? I don't let my comfort overtake me. I fucking go out there. Rest, that's the first win. Second win, I make my fucking bed. You know what I mean? So I start stacking wins immediately. And it's just one of those things that is a habit uh, time and time again. And I just is a compounding thing. And the, people might think that's little petty shit, but no, it's not. Because when, when you're able to do, do the little shit like that, when it comes down to the hardest things that you have to make the decision on, it's going to be very easy for you to make because you're so used to uh, being being on top of your game. Uh, not letting your inner bitch or your comfort, uh, the comfort zone win over and you just take over and, and just get shit done. This is uh, this is going to sound like I'm making a joke, but I'm not. I wonder if your last name has anything to do with your success. <laughs> like like it's part of, just like you hear it so often and it's it's it, it's like manifest destiny. It's like a mantra when uh, if, if I was friends with you, if I was friends with you and I saw you every day, I probably wouldn't call you trunk. I would just start calling you win. I'd call you by your last name. I'm guessing a lot of people call you by your last name when. Uh, yeah, you know, in the military, you, in, in, in law enforcement, you get called by your last name a lot. So, a lot yeah, like people. if someone's working out with you, when you want the 45s on, or what do you want to do here? What are you lifting? Like people would just call you win, win, win. And it sticks. So, so the inner bitch is like, hey, I can stick this out for 10 more years and get a paycheck. And this will still be here. This, this we go home will still be here. It's not a big deal. Just chill, dude. Don't get crazy. Just, just do both. And, and, and you, you squash that, right? Yeah. You have to go all in. You got to go all in on your dreams. And I, I, I decided because I've, I've watched lots of successful people. You know, there's a lot of successful uh, entrepreneurs out there who went all in on their shit and they and they crushed it. You know, and I always tell, I always tell people like some of my biggest mentors don't even know I exist. Guys like Andy Frisella, guys like Bear, Bear uh, Nick Bear, who owns BPN, 
those guys, you know, they went all in on their in their goals, right? It's not going to be easy. No, because if it was easy, everybody would do it. Everybody would be successful. Everybody would be driving a Lambo. Everybody would be having a nice car. Everybody living their dreams, but not everybody do. Every You know, because they are afraid to go out there and live outside that nice paved road. Everybody likes to walk that nice paved road with the fucking lights to show them the way, right? But there's a few individuals, and if that's you, fucking do it. You want to pave your own road. You want to climb that mountain. That's because it's it's hard. That's why that 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 road is not made for everybody. But if it's something that you want to do and you're you're so passionate about and you want to go out there and and, and just crush it, it's there. You just gotta stay the course, not fucking quit. What did your wife say? Was your what was your wife scared? Uh, she was, to be honest with you, but she she believed in me. And, and, and it comes down to you got to have a good spouse, too. Right. Because if she was like, hey, fuck you. No, you're going to stay here for 10 years and, and, and get a pension. Then what am I going to say? Uh, no. You know, I, I we sacrifice so much to come down here. You, people don't realize that. Like I gave up insurance for my children right now. You know, I've, I've given up a, a steady job. So that I can pursue this dream. She's like, go for it. Go, go after your dreams, you know, and that's what I'm doing. I don't want to die regrets. I don't want to be that old man that sits under my front porch or lay in my deathbed and think to myself, what if, what if I've done this? What if I've done that? I don't want to live my life. What if, and that's where, and, and that's where I am today. Every, everything that I've done that I set out for myself, I fucking did. I told myself I was going to be a ranger. I became a ranger. I told myself that I'm going to become a police officer and one day I'm going to be a, a, a full, on a full-time SWAT team. And I did it. You know, every goal that I've set for myself, I fucking have, have accomplished because I believe in hard work. I believe in staying the course. I believe that that's what it takes. And it's the same thing with anything that any, any, any of your listeners are listening to want to do in their lives. You just got to put in the work. You got to stay consistent. You got to be disciplined. You can't quit on yourself. You got to you got to know it's going to be tough. You got to know that a lot of times it's just going to be you dealing with your inner bitch voice. But if um, you, but if you can. You said you have a wife that believes in you. Um, did you know, how long have you been with her? 13 years. Well, congratulations. And, and how did you always know she believed in you? Did you know why you picked her to be your wife? Do you know why you got married? Man, uh, it just happened to be honest with you. Uh, my sister, my sister introduced us, and um, yeah, we we just got along, and it just it just worked out. You have friends who you know stories though, and you have friends who's who are with women who don't believe in them, right? Uh, absolutely, of course. Like you see that you see like you've been out with your buddies and and their and their wife's there and their wife's sitting there fucking undermining their shit and you're like fuck. Oh yeah. Like what the fuck is going on here? Like you're just uncomfortable. Like yo, your bitch should be doing that behind closed doors. Not not like. Yeah. Like I can only imagine if she's doing it in front of us what she's doing behind closed doors. Having a strong woman on your side it, it makes all the fucking difference. You know, like somebody who supports you. A support, you know, and it goes both ways. And uh, and uh, having that helped so tremendously you know so um uh chung i just went through uh a, a kind of a, a interesting situation i don't i don't i don't have a hard life at all i got uh my mom and my family near me and i got a, a great wife that i've had for you know in my life forever and um but 
but a couple of years ago, I got fired from my job and I started up this podcast. Right. And so, uh, I don't know, let's say a year ago, I'm just making up the timeline. Um, we were going in the negative. We were going backwards because I had lost my job and I wasn't making what I used to. So we, my wife was like, hey, my, my wife does all the adult shit. So she's like, hey, we're dipping into our savings every month now to pay for our mortgage and to pay for our lifestyle, just so you know. And I just got my head down working, doing my podcast every day, every day, every day. Just you know, like a fucking jackass, 51-year-old think he's going to be a YouTuber and shit, right? Well, lo and behold uh, – Six months into like her telling me like, hey, we're going we're, we're dipping into our savings. Uh, I get this notice from YouTube saying that um, they've demonetized my account and that I need to like look into it. So I look into it and I see that I haven't sent them my driver's license. So I send them my driver's license and they're like, OK, we're going to back pay you for the last 11 months that we haven't paid you. And there was fucking almost one hundred thousand dollars in there. Hell yeah. And my wife never stressed out. And I just told my wife, Mike, okay, go into my bank account and take that up and put that all back into our savings. But it was like, it's like what you were saying. I had a lady who believed in me. She never was like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Go get a job at Starbucks. You know what I mean? She was just, she just believed in me. She saw me get up every morning. She saw me like working hard on getting people to come on the podcast, the whole fucking thing. But it was just because I had my head down and I wasn't fucking paying attention. Just grinding. And there's, there's, there's two things that I got from what you said. First off, it's never too late, guys. Whatever you want to do. I'm yeah, yeah. How old are you? Uh, 40. 40. I, I switched careers. I'm now going chasing uh, becoming an entrepreneur. And look at you. You, you that, that as a man is a lot of stress on us, right? Yeah, crazy. I was, dude, I was, hey, I don't tell anyone this, but I was paralyzed. Like yeah. my wife would be like, hey, do you want to go out to dinner? And I'd go out to dinner, but I wouldn't order food. Yeah, I was paralyzed, bro. I was paralyzed because I because I, I I thought we were going the kingdom was going backwards, and so I I I, par- I was paralyzed. I didn't want I didn't want to put gas in the car. I didn't want to like drive down to the store to like to to get sparkling water. I was like I, I'll go without it because I because I was like I was paralyzed. It was crazy. Yeah, crazy stress. Yeah, but look, you didn't quit. No, you, you no. kept you kept you 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 had a purpose and you stuck to that purpose. You had a vision. You stuck to that vision. So look where you're at now. It, it pays off and people got to realize that like if you want something it's, it's there for you you know the school system have us in this mix like oh you have to get a nine-to-five job you got to go to college you got to get a degree go into debt work pay off your fucking degree maybe hate your boss maybe hate your job why why who says that you can't go out there make a fucking podcast who says you can't go out there and start a, a clothing line and do great things that's something that you're passionate about you can it's just you just got to put you just got to give everything you got. And this is living proof right there. Look where you're at now. You gave it everything you got. Yeah, it's killer. I'm I'm stoked. Super I, cool. I, yeah. It was personal. Why did you um uh so tell me about we go home. What what what's the uh what's the what, why did you start it? What is it? Yeah, we go home started a long time ago. I I think you know, it started when I joined the military all into my law enforcement. We always like during briefings before we go out on missions, we always hear, you know, the, the, the platoon sergeants or, you know, the supervisors or during during my time on the SWAT team, when we're giving briefings before we do a, a warrant, a search warrant, we, they always say, hey, no matter what, you know, we're going to come home. And, and that and, and it stuck with me. And, and the thing you got to realize is we go home. It's, it's a bigger, broader mission. It's not about me. It's about those to my left and right. You know, I train with them. 
I bleed with them. I cry with them. I laugh with them. I know their family members. I know their children. I know, you know, we're, we're basically, they're basically another family of mine. So we know that in this field of law enforcement, fire, police, that it's not when, it's, it's not if, but when adversity is going to strike. It is up to me to be the most prepared possible physically, mentally, skill set wise, so that I can bring home my partner and those that I swore to protect. And that's the mission of We Go Home. Because there's so many officers that are out of shape that, that you see on these YouTube videos that get into these incidents and, and their, their lives get taken. And I'll be damned if I respond to a call and I don't come up and, 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 and do my job and make sure that they come home. So that's the message we're trying to push out there to the community. Hey, it's dangerous. It's a dangerous profession. You're signing a blank check. You don't know that you're going to come home at the end of the day. This is not your typical nine to five. Be prepared. Be a professional. Dress, the, dress right. Make sure your uniform looks sharp. Make sure you're in shape. Make sure that you're, you have the, the utmost skill set possible so that you can not only protect your partners, but the most important thing is protecting those that you swore to protect. And so there are supplements that for people who are serious about being physically, mentally, and have their skill set tight to take. And it, it, as poor, it, I mean, there's supplements all over the place, right? I mean, it's, yeah. and, and what are the supplements you sell, like protein, creatine? Yeah, I, I'm a big supplement nerd. I've been taking supplements since when I was 17 years old, right? So supplements has always been a passion of mine. And uh, I, I saw the, the shit that was out there that was like proprietary blends and stuff that, that weren't good or like dosing that wasn't like at, a, at the effective dose. Uh, companies cutting cutting corners to save money for them. So I, I got tired of that. I, I got tired of consuming that type of product. So I was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to make my own supplements and I'm going to make it the best possible so that that so that people who take these supplements can gain from it. And it's not like, hey, it's going to benefit the company by cutting, you know, uh, undercutting it and making it cheap. No, I'm giving it uh, the, uh, the most effective dosing. It's transparent and you're going to get what you uh, what your hard earned money paid for. So that's what that's what it was. I wanted to make great products. And is that why you moved to Texas? Is it made there? Uh, no, it's made in Georgia. I moved to Texas because uh, America. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, just wanted to change. I didn't want to live in Chicago. Uh, I didn't want to because I, I saw where Chicago was heading. Uh, How about your mom? Did you take your mom with you? She didn't want to go. My my sisters are still there in Chicago. Oh, oh, okay. oh, oh. She's like, I'm too old. I I, I don't want to move into a new, a new state. So I'm still continuing to try to talk her into it, so. Yeah, was that hard to leave your mom? I know, it, it, I know from your previous interview, it sounds like you have a pretty good, great relationship with her. Yeah, it's hard to leave my mom. You know, she's she's she was. I never had a father, you know, so she was both. She was not only the bread bringer. When we came here to America, we only had ten dollars for her name. We got put in a Section Eight home. We I grew up in the fucking hood, every all the way till I was like eighteen years old. I, that's all I saw was violence and crime. But she came here knowing no one. We had no one here. And she literally that week got a job, start working multiple jobs, try to, uh, pay, you know, put food on the table for us and uh, her family back home because she still had brothers and sisters and, and her mother was back home. So she was doing so much. And that woman 
God bless her. She was, I couldn't imagine what she went through, you know, and she, she was so strong and, you know, I, I loved her for it. I, so. It's crazy to hear that story because all those stories, you know, my dad was an immigrant. My mom was second generation, but those are all their stories too. Two jobs, going to law school, cleaning houses, driving forklifts, lifts, being private security, like guards, like, you know, like, you know, like watching a, an ATM at, by private security. I don't mean fancy shit. I mean like watching an ATM machine at two in the morning. Yeah. Like my family did all that open, opened up a, a liquor store, you know, the, the typical middle Eastern path. Anyone in your family own a dry cleaning service? No, but they own nail shops. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's stereotypes for a reason. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? My dad's Armenian. He opened a fucking wine, a, a liquor store. It's like, yeah. But look at the sacrifice they did. They, they had to endure for, 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 for you. Cause they 365 they days a year. 18 hour days. My dad worked his ass off. Nice to every fucking customer. Carried their shit out to the cars. Taught me how to fucking be a, a, a responsible uh, gentleman. How to be how to be a good dude. Amazing. Yeah, you don't take Christmas off. Holidays, that all that compartmentalizing your life. Fucking crazy. Um, I have a friend. I have a friend um who is starting a olive oil company, and. I was talking to him and I was like, Hey dude, I hear olive oil is like really fucking corrupt. Like that basically like you could go to the, to any store here and like start uh, analyzing the olive oil, like take the olive oil out and go to like to a lab and you'll see that it's just fucking bullshit. They've cut it with stuff that it's mm -hmm. just bad shit. I, for some, and, and I, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to make, I'm going to show that's going to be my whole thing. One of my things with my, my olive oil is I'm going to actually, I'm going to show them that, Hey, it came from this field. I'm going to go over there and show them. Then that came here. Then we had 24 hours to smash the olives before they lose whatever their potency or whatever that all of us supposed to have. And then we barreled it. And I'm going to show the whole process so people know what they're getting. Yeah. I feel like the supplement industry needs that too. I yeah. feel like I would flip to any supplement industry that like, Expose like, hey, listen, all of us get our creatine from here. Mm. There's this one fucking warehouse in China. We all get it from here. I'm going to fly to China and show you where we get it. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I to me, that industry, it's just. There's some shady stuff for sure. Or, or not even that it's shady, but that it's all the same stuff coming from the same. It's like shoes, right? Mm -hmm. they're, they're, like, there's only so many fucking factories in the world that are making shoes or right. cars, right? Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like you see a Toyota Camry and then you see this other car that's like Honda makes and this other car Chevy makes. You're like, wait, these are the same fucking car brand branded different. What can, what can people do? What can people do in that industry? So that, that would just be more honest that instead of like trying to set themselves apart, be like, Hey motherfuckers, like, I'm going to show you like, Hey, we're all the same. Like, is, is there an angle like that? You know, honestly, uh, it's really on the owner of the of the company. You know, right, and, uh, right. So here's the thing: this for 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 example, creatine, generic creatine. <clears throat> uh, I so we we have a creatine product, but it's not generic creatine. Why? Because I realized I done my due diligence. I understood that there's certain companies that would you're not going to get the potent amount of creatine that they claim, right? Because it's it's from a generic brand that it's produced and it's, it's been found, but there are companies that are trademarked that they go through a stringent test to have the most purest form of creatine in which we have, we have a trademark creatine uh, product called Creapier, which is a German based company. And they are a world renowned 
premium creatine out there, the most purest form of creatine that you can get. And we, we took that and we put it in our creatine product because I, I give a shit. We have a greens and reds. Instead of going with your typical uh, like greens that I don't know where it's sourced from, I went with this nutraceutical company. And when you go with a nutraceutical company, what that means is those greens and reds, which if you guys don't know, is let's, let's say superfoods greens, spinach, kale, uh, you know, you name it, uh, superfoods, reds, mangosteen, watermelon, cherries, uh, you know, all those fruits, those superfruits. We source it from a company that has to go through a stringent uh, testing of being non-GMO, organic, uh, processed correctly. So it's really on the owner of the company to really legitimize it. Be like, hey, this we're giving you literally what you pay for, like premium stuff. So some, like I said, some companies, they don't give a shit. To them, all they care about is the dollar signs. Us, we care about the customers. I don't care when people, like I, I talked to my guys who was are in charge of like, you know, uh, the middleman of, of, of getting my formulas done. They're like, hey, you know, this costs a lot more than this, right? You could go with the generic brand. I'm like, no, fuck no. We're going with the trademark ingredient because I want people to trust us. I want people to realize that when they take a Wego Home product, it is legitimately premium. Like they can have that rest peace of mind knowing what I'm ingesting is the best stuff possible. And I want to build that trust. And not, not a lot of companies, uh, owners do that, but I do because I, I give a shit. Uh, um, um, uh, Daniel Garrity, I had no idea this podcast was headed down the supplement rabbit hole. No, no, no. You're thinking wrong. Hold on. You watch this. You're, you're thinking wrong. <laughs> I had a lady on here yesterday who um, uh, they think it turned into an infomercial. It's, it's not at all. It's, it's a small business uh, st- story also. I had a lady on here yesterday who owns a ranch at the California-Oregon border. And she, she basically she um, gr- grows her own cows, right? And then she sells the meat direct to consumer, and 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 that and and she it sounds like she's living the dream doing it. We've all known athletes who their goal. I had an athlete on here the other day, and his sole goal as an athlete was to be a Nike athlete, which to me just sounds fucking ludicrous. But who am I? Like, okay, so you want to be sponsored by Nike? Like, he didn't care how big or how small the contract. He wanted to say he wanted to be sponsored by Nike, and unfortunately, I think there's a shitload of athletes like that. Like, that's their goal. Um. I feel like that's the way about the supplement industry too, maybe also, or not, or just the small business industry. Like instead of like the goal being like, Hey, I just want to make the best shit out there. My goal is to get into Costco. My goal is is to get into Walmart. My goal is, is to be on the shelf at whole foods. Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts about that or insights into that? Like, like losing your way of what your goal is. Like, I just like this lady just wants to grow good meat. She's not interested in getting Costco and she just wants to get it onto people's dinner tables. Yeah. People, you know, it comes down to dollar signs for certain individuals, right? They 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 because under- money's fun, money's cool. Having money, well, money fun. is cool, but yeah. there's, there's there's a certain limit, right? Uh, yeah. I believe in the consumer because I was I am a consumer. I know how it feels to be fucked, right? I don't want to fuck other people. I want to be like, hey, when you take our products, it's from like that lady. It's my pride and joy. I'm putting the best stuff out there possible for you to consume because I give a shit. I don't care about being in Costco. I don't care about being in Walmart. I don't care about being in Target because I know for me to be to get to that level, there's going to be some kind of undercutting in terms of quality. And I refuse 
I refuse to, to undercut my products because I stand behind it. I stand behind my products. And for me as a tactical athlete, I want to perform at my best. So how am I going to perform my best? I got to take, obviously supplements is that it's just supplementation, right? It's not going to, it's not the end all be be all. It's not fucking trend. It's not performance enhancement drugs that you're going to instantaneously gain 20 pounds of muscle after two weeks of of, of taking it. If your diet's on point, you train often, then with the right supplements is only going to help you. I always give the analogy and that's like, hey, there's certain things you, you, you shouldn't penny pinch on. One is food. Uh, two is a good human performance program. And three is supplementation, right? Because think about your think about you as a Ferrari. When I pull up to the gas station, am I going to put 89 fuel or am I going to put 93? Obviously, I'm going to put 93 because it goddamn matters. So it's the same thing with, in the supplement realm. I wanted to put the best stuff out there so that that athlete can do that one extra set, go, you know, do the one extra rep and just go a little bit more. And that, 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 that's our, that's our foundation is be transparent, deliver the best thing possible, no matter how much it's going to cost us on our end. But as long as the consumer gets it and they take it and they're like, dude, this stuff is freaking awesome. I trust we go home. I trust what they're doing. And then it's all worth it to me. Uh, um, I switched from uh, uh, when my wife started uh, taking our mortgage money out of the uh, savings account. I switched to 89. Guilty. Listen, <laughs> you fucking assholes. Clock, I'm about to fuck you up. Where's your comment? I am going to fuck you up in here. Let me find your shit. Listen, you, you're saying this turned into a supplement commercial. You're a fucking jackass. You're saying that just because it's supplements. Listen, the, the, it's the guy's fucking story. It, you weren't like, oh my god, this has turned into a SWAT team infomercial when he was talking about the importance of being being on the SWAT team. You weren't like saying, oh, this has turned into an immigrant commercial when he talked about being an immigrant. It's just another facet of the story. You don't like this part of the story? You fucking go take a shit right now, real quick. <laughs> the fuck are you talking about these? I'm just, these a, I'm just passionate these, about it, you know. Yeah, I know. I, and these guys, I'm just busting. These are all my friends from the show. They're like, I see these guys every morning. I'm just busting on them too because they're. They think they're smarter than everyone else. Who who doesn't? Uh, Eaton Beaver, money, money, money. I'm not a rich man, but I love to support pace setters. Yeah, thank you. Uh, seven versus clock, fit wars. I will fuck you up, clock. <laughs> hey, what do you think? This is a um. I used to do this workout uh, two days a week. What do you think about this one, Trunk? P- probably too easy for you, but but I used to do in my forty. Actually, what, I'm 51 now. In my 40s, this was my go-to two days a week. Okay, 10 burpees on the minute for 10 minutes. Then on the 11th minute, I would do a bear uh, a bear complex with the 135-pound bar. So deadlift, power clean, hang clean, front squat, thruster, back squat, thruster. And I would do that on the minute for 10 minutes. Then on the 21st minute, I would do three strict muscle-ups. From the seated position, because I would be in one of those fucking meathead racks at the meathead gym. Yeah. And I would do three strict muscle-ups uh, on the minute for 10 minutes. So it's like a 30-minute workout. You kind of get you get your heartbeat up really fucking crazy in the in that first, you know, 10 minutes. Not too crazy, to, but up. And then you do a little uh, heavy lifting, and then you're kind of like, okay, I get to sit down. But, but you know, halfway through those muscle-ups, you fucking hate. You're hating life. Oh, yeah. No, that's great. I mean, you you're like hitting you're hitting it all. Compound lifting. You're working your um, 
your, your cardio and you're doing calisthenics. So I, I think that's an awesome workout. Plus, especially for those who are like time restricted, that 30 minute, you can crush it. So that's, 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 that's good. And those burpees will get you just like all warmed up for that, the, the, the rest of that asshole shit. And then you yeah. get to kind of calm down a little bit with the muscle ups. And, and to, to be completely honest, I'd say 50% of the time I, in the ninth or 10th set, I wouldn't be able to do the last, I would only be able to do like two muscle ups, but still, I mean, it was, it was, it was cool. Yeah. I think as long as you challenge yourself physically, mentally, it's, it's a good, it's a great day. What do you have a favorite workout? Do you have like, okay, this is my go-to workout. Maybe not even favorite, but this is like your fallback workout. You know, my, I do have a favorite workout. I like doing the Murph. No shit. Yeah. I like the way you call it the Murph too. The Murph. I, I, I fucking love it. Cause it's, you, you're, you're suffering and it's, it's great. You know, you really, you, you, you really know who you are in, in those moments when you're like, how far can you push yourself? Right. I mean, I put on a 20 pound vest. You always do it with the vest. That was going to be my question. You always do it with the vest. Yes. I do it the way Lieutenant Murphy intended it to be. And let me tell you something. Yeah. I know the CrossFit games, they did it like the Murph contest and they have these CrossFitters do uh, the, the pull-ups kipping. It's not, it's 100 pull-ups, not kipping pull-ups. So I always, I always have a running joke. Like they're still doing the Murph right now because those, none of those pull-ups counts. Uh, um, uh, as a hardcore CrossFitter, I also, I don't do, I don't do really do kipping pull-ups. I'm not a fan of the kipping pull-up. I'm, I'm okay with other people doing it, but I don't, I don't fuck with that. Um, I, I do a little bit of a gymnastics kip though. You know what I mean? Like kind of get a little elasticity in the lat and then come back, but I don't do any of the, the butterfly movement or whatever they call yeah, it. Yeah. I don't do that. My wife does that. It looks cool. But, um, uh, how often do you think you do Murph? Man, I try to knock it out at least once a month. Holy I shit, a, dude. I pick a day and I do Murph as my calisthenic workout. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. I jo- like I really do. I really enjoy the suffering. It really it's it's my time to think. It's re- it's introducing myself to myself. Like who are you as a person? Can you know, can you can you do can you go a minute faster? Or, or not even a minute faster. Can you do 10 seconds faster from the last time you did it? Uh, and that's how I challenge myself. And and I just use that challenge and I ingrained and that's just like I take that and I just apply it in, in my daily life. If I'm able to do this and if I'm able to push myself to this threshold where, where my body, my mind is screaming, fucking quit, then everything else is easy. I just take that and I apply it to my daily life. And, then, and you do the mile 100, 200, 300? Just, uh, yes, and I, I don't break it up. I do, I do it the way it is. I do the 100 pull-ups first and I do the 200 push-ups and I do the 300 uh, air squats and I go right back into the mile run. I've never done Murph with the vest. I'm fucking terrified of the vest. Do it. Do it once. I'm terrified of the vest. Do it once. Holy you don't even shit. have to start with anything heavy. You don't have to do a 20 pound vest. You could do a 14 pound. Yeah, I have a four. I have a four pound vest. Hey, start start with something. Build <laughs> that my kids that. use. <laughs> um, uh, when you travel, what is, is there a piece of go to piece of gym equipment you take? Like, would you always take a jump rope? You travel with a jump rope or anything I, you I travel bring with? My TRX. You do okay, and and that's for um, and where will you hang it? Just on a tree out in front of the hotel, or just anywhere? You know, they got this little contraption. The T Rex. They they understand like a lot of people travel and hotel gyms suck ass. Yeah. Uh, so they got this little contraption that you can attach to the door, and and you basically hook your T R X up to it, and you could do your workout. Okay, I've never I've never fucked with one of those. I kind of poo pooed those. Maybe I shouldn't poo poo them. 
No, it's actually really good. Uh, the TRX system is actually really good. Uh, but a lot of times I, I, here's the thing, like people make these skills. I, I go to the hotel. Oh, there's only a couple of dumbbells. Uh, I'm not going to have a good work. Bullshit. You could have, can have a good workout. Yeah. 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 I've, I've done some crazy ass workouts with some 30 pound dumbbells, you know what I mean? And it's just, if you want it or not, or, or you're just going to make excuses. So, um, uh, Trung, do you have a um, incident in all your years in kind of being um, <clears throat> in the in, in, in the in the front line and all your jobs where you were the closest uh, to dying? Have you ever had any like near death experiences where you're like, oh, fuck, this this is going to be it? Oh, yeah, many. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Any any that stand out that you'd be willing to share? <clears throat> well, I could tell you uh, when I joined the, the Ranger Regiment, it was during the peak of the war. So I, I went to war in 2004. I was in Mosul, Iraq. And uh, we were placed there. When, 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 the, when you send the Rangers, they don't go to a place that is nice and easy. They, they send you to the most shittiest motherfucking spot possible because we're there to kill, capture these high value targets. Right. And, and at that time in Mosul, there was some, a lot of high value targets out there. There was making bombs, killing uh, Marines and, and, and act, you know, just the, the general army, you know, and we were a task to kill or capture them. So I, I remember one mission vividly that was pretty freaking crazy. <clears throat> so we're, we, we went out there that night uh, to kill, to try to capture this guy. So at the time our, our tactics were different from now, you know, I, and I'm not going to talk about the tactics that we use now just for the safety of the boys. But back then we used to do landing on the X and landing on the X means if your house is right here, we're, we are landing the helicopter. We're putting up the Humvees. We are landing right at the, uh, the compound. So you hear, so, so you hear the, you hear us coming. We will plant the charge, our explosive breaching charge. We'll blow the door. We'll come in, we'll throw flashbangs. And, you know, we'll, we'll come in there, speed, surprise, violence of action, and then go there and kill or capture those guys that were tasked to, to kill or capture. And I remember vividly, <clears throat> we, we, hit, we hit this house, we landed on the X, we blew, we blew the door, we cleared the, the first level. As we were approaching the second level, it was, it was a spiraling uh, staircase going up there. And we, we're, we're, we're clearing, we're going up the stairwell, and I could see a hand reach from the stairwell and they, he dropped a grenade. So this grenade landed on my buddy's foot. Right. And he, he saw it. I was like, I was like grenade. So he freaking kicked the grenade away. Uh, but it was a dud from the time. Oh my God. Go, Cause I counted. Cause it's usually it's the fuse is about three seconds. Is from that the, part of your training to count? Is that your training kicking in count? Oh, I, I knew it's just over time. Cause you, you know, like you, you gotta, as a professional, you gotta know your tools, right? We yeah, have, to yeah, so yeah. we know we can cook the grenade and cooking the grenade means if I'm pulling the pin, I, I let out, I, I let it go. I know like one, 1,000, two, 1,000. So why do we do that? Just in case when we throw it and the enemy sees the grenade, by the time they try to pick it up and throw it back at it, it already, it already exploded. On so it. you'll take some off the timer and squeeze it back down. I'll take it off on 1,000 and I'll just toss it. I, I'll oh, kind of shit. Wow. So from, from that level where he threw that grenade, I can I know by the time that it landed on the guy's foot, it was at pretty much close to 3,000. 3, but it, it didn't go off. Thank God it didn't fucking go off. Anyways, we... we so How we, close were you to the, to the dude? I was... So he, he kicked... I was uh, the third man behind. So, so you'd be dead. In, so you'd be I dead. You got blown meter. down the stairs. Yeah, I was in the five meter kill zone of, of the grenade. Oh so I would have been fucked. 
So, uh, yeah, we, we kicked that grenade. We went upstairs and there was this giant. This is the most biggest Iraqi motherfucker I've ever seen in my life. This dude must have been six foot three. Uh, but then he was next with another guy that was probably like five foot two, which was the weirdest thing to see. And he had a fucking AK and we gave him the fucking like we literally came up the stairs. We saw him. He raised his AK. We we had to fucking kill him obviously, because our, our lives were in danger. So we smoked him and we took the other guy into custody because he didn't have anything. And we're professionals. We're not just going to kill people just to kill people. Right. So we so that him. guy got lucky that the stray bullet didn't hit him. The little no, midget dude. The, there wouldn't be any stray bullets. And you know why? Because we fire so many fucking thousands of rounds uh, downrange uh, in stateside during training. We are accurate as shit. So our, our rounds, when we, when we are in that close quarter battle like that, yeah, we, we are accurate. I mean, we, we train in hostage rescue where we'll take headshots, like, like accurate headshots. So all those rounds are accurate. We're not going to just spray and pray like the movies. You know, it's, it's like it's, it's very accurate. And How anyway, close is the guy to you when he gets shot? Five feet away. Oh, shit. OK. You know what I mean? So it, it's, it's, it's close up close and personal. So we took the dude into custody, and uh, when we were, when we were out there, uh, there was this car circling around the block continuously, and then one of the one sixtieth pilots in the air because we had we had uh, airships up here. And if you guys don't know what one sixtieth is, it's the special operations aviation team a unit, which is like the cream of the crop uh, pilots in the in the United States Army. They fly every special operation units you can imagine and they will land you literally in between buildings like like they are that good they fly so they clock in so many hours underneath night vision that that uh that they clock in more hours during under night vision than airline pilots uh fly uh during their training that's how that's how well trained these night stalkers are so anyways the, the night stalkers are in this in the air and they were like, hey, this this freaking car keeps going in uh, on circles. Uh, it's very unusual at that time. So uh, we got the green light by the command to take them out. So one of our snipers jumped on top of the striker unit and shot the dude in the head. Who was circling the building? Did he end up being a bad guy? Do you even yeah. have time to invent? Yeah. He ended up being a bad guy. So yeah, we, we uh, they, they killed him, and then we, we sped off. But, yeah, that's one. I had so many – close calls but that was one of the most close calls ever it's like one of those things like fuck you know that feeling where i can't do anything like like it's like when you saw that grenade drop by by your friend's foot and you're just like oh shit you know it's it was just it was it was insane how many dud grenades have you seen in your in your service that was just one that's the only dud was the one that was thrown at you one yes. dud yeah you never threw a dud no in training, oh I never threw a dud. We, oh we, we've, we've taken grenades that we had to uh, dispose of, and it, it, it went off in the field. We threw it in the open field just to, just to, uh, to um, get rid of them, Yeah, and, and it went off. And that one, God was watching over. Somebody was watching over us because that thing did not go off. Um, do, and then on the ride home, are you guys talking about that? Yeah, and we're joking about it, obviously, because we're a bunch of fucking dudes. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my god, yeah. did you see that grenade? That shit would have fucking killed us. But that's what—that's how we cope with like uh, stress. You know, it's not like we're 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 
maniacs. Like, you know, we, we laugh about it. We try to cope with, 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 with making, making a joke out of it, but right. On a side, you know, you know, that pucker factor, man, I'll tell you that. You, lo- you lost two friends in the war. I did. Uh, close friends. Yes. Uh, um, is, is that the reason why you eventually get out? One of the reasons. Definitely one of the reasons why I I, I chose to get uh, get out. I told you war affects everybody differently, and it affected me. You know, and those guys were the epitome of, of an army ranger. I mean, cream of the crop, and they both got killed in the same room. You know, they, we, we they they entered that room, and there was a there was a dude hiding behind multiple mattresses, and all he did was spray and prayed. He pulled that fucking AK out of that that mattress, and he just started spraying towards the doorway, and he shot both of them. One of them got hit. <clears throat> on the side of the ribs, hit him right in the heart. <clears throat> he collapsed and died. And the other one died on, uh, on the, um, helicopter on the way to, to the, uh, being medevaced out. He got shot too. So were, these were guys, you there for that? Were you there for that? It's yeah. It's just, it's, it's fucked up. It was, it was, it was fucked up. It, it, it was chaotic. It was, it, 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 it affected me, uh, greatly. So, at that time, we, we 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 didn't lose anybody, you know. And these guys are these these guys who who got killed had like six tours underneath their belt already, three Afghanistan, three Iraq, and you know, and one of them were actually was planning on getting out that year, and it was a, a week away from his birthday when he got killed. So it was it was a big devastated blow to to our platoon, for sure. When when you go back, um, do you have to go back to work the next day? Oh, it's like do you, know, do you have any time to process that, or you it's just hey guys, uh, 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 go to sleep and we'll be getting back to work tomorrow. You know, we got a couple of days to deal with it, but it, dude, it's part of the job. Unfortunately, right? We're we're professionals. We, we, we cope with it the best way we can, but we know we have missions that we have to accomplish. We have to go out there and continue to do our fucking job. And we did. Do you think that that puts fuel on um, the fire for you for um, uh, kind of like seizing the day? Like, okay, these two, these two great men in my life lost their lives and I better not waste a second? Absolutely. That's why I'm here today and what I'm doing and what I'm doing is all thanks to them. You know, uh, one of them, Rick Barraza, Ricardo Barraza was uh, 24 years old, um, looked up to him so much. He was a stud. He was well-respected in, 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 in the Ranger Regiment. And um, I tell myself every day, I wear, I wear this bracelet in honor of them, you know, and I never take this off. Uh, so I look at and when things get hard for me and and, and, I, and I do and that little inner bitch voice comes out. I, I think about them. I think about like, hey, man, you know, Rick, w- Rick would want me to continue moving forward to keep going. You know, he I, and I couldn't I can't let them now. I can't let their sacrifice go for nothing. I, I do this in their honor. Yeah, they even got a uh, there's there's this page here. I'm sure you've seen it. Uh, Rangers remembered. Yeah. Yep. There's Rick. Um, uh, the the uh, Dave Castro. I don't know if you know who that is. He's the director of the CrossFit Games. Uh, he was a uh, f- former uh, SEAL Team Six guy. He was on the SEAL. He was a SEAL for twelve years. He recently went on a podcast 
with another seal. And he was saying that, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he, when he got in, he it was before 9-11. And he was, he was, I think, expressing admiration for the guys who got in after 9-11. But he and I'd never heard of that before, kind of that comparison. He was just acknowledging that, like, hey, dude, there, there's motherfuckers who like saw this fucking trade center go down and were like, I'm going to fight. He goes, That's a special, that's a special dude. Did you notice any? I'm not trying to put the dudes down who, who, who obviously got in before, but was there, is, was there a different breed of cat that you, that was in your class because you guys got in to be like, okay, we're going to bring the fight to these fuckers? <clears throat> I mean, the guys who were in before, I mean, by the time I got to the Ranger Regiment, you know, they already had like multiple tours underneath their belt. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the guys who are in my uh, in my class during boot camp, you can tell like a lot of them were, were affected by 9-11, you know, me being one of them. I saw that those towers going down. And I was like, fuck this. You know, I'm going to fight for my country. You know, I'm going to fight for this country that's given me the opportunities that it's given me. And uh, I, I, I tell people, it's like at that time, I was already 18. And my mom was a typical Asian mom. She wanted me to be, be like a, a pharmacist, a lawyer or something like that. Something, you know, typical Asian mom uh, for their kid. But I snuck away to the recruiter and I signed the contract underneath uh, behind her back. And I didn't tell her until a month before I uh, went to boot camp. You know, I took her to I took her to a restaurant with my girlfriend at the time. And I was like, hey, mom, I got to tell you something. And, you know, she looked at my girlfriend. She's like, what? She's pregnant. I'm like, no, I'm like it's worse. I signed up to join the army to go fight, and she fucking flipped. She was like, she cried. She's like, I can't believe it. It's like, don't you know there's a war going on? You're gonna fucking die and all that. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, I, yeah. I was like, but I was like, I told her this is the right thing. I want this is something I want to do. So now she's proud of it. But yeah. Hey, oh, Baraza was a CrossFitter. Baraza. So at the time, CrossFit haven't existed yet he was just a pt stud the, the dude was an, an an animal i mean genetically gifted dude uh he 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 was just a guy that just ran through physical training like it wasn't nothing so it's interesting because they have a hero wad for him and you're not supposed to have a hero wad in crossfit unless you're a crossfitter and the family okays it you know what i mean so like someone at hq is supposed to reach out and be like hey uh usually what happens is is I used to work at CrossFit and, mm -hmm. and basically what happened would be a family member would reach out and be like, Hey, can we have a hero wad? And then they'd be like, Hey, can you prove he did CrossFit? And they send you a picture of him like working out in some shithole gym, you know, on deployment. And so it's interesting that, um, I don't know when, uh, it's, when did CrossFit start? Uh, I think the website launched in maybe 2001, maybe February of 2001. Yeah. But, Rick never when I when I served with Rick, he was never like, hey, let's do a CrossFit workout, you know? Yeah, that's interesting. So, it was so yeah. And and by 2006, it had um th that's when it had it had really like um infiltrated kind of the SEAL community. I and and and, I, and obviously a, a bunch of Rangers too. Um but interesting. I'll, I'll ask around. Interesting. The his workout it says complete as many rounds as possible in eighteen minutes. Uh, run two hundred meters, two hundred seventy-five pound deadlift, nine reps, six uh, burpee bar muscle ups, and it's supposed to be movements that the family said were like his favorite movements. That's interesting. Did you do? You, did you come across CrossFit when you were deployed? No, not till after. 
No, not to last her. You ever, would you drop into CrossFit gyms at all? Is that something you do? <clears throat> so I'm a, I consider myself like a hybrid athlete, mm-hmm. I do a little bit of crossfitting and I do a little bit of conventional lifting combined. So yeah, me too. I'm not a hardcore crossfitter. Yeah. I, w- I want to be a hardcore crossfitter, but I, but I, I more and more, like I'm actually thinking about like getting a lap pull down machine for my garage. <laughs> I miss those. I miss those days. Yeah. I, I miss those days. Um, when, thanks for coming on, dude. Great meeting you. Thank you, sir, for having me. I appreciate you. Yeah, you're cool. Thanks for sharing your stories. Uh, and, and thank you for everything you've done. And thank, for, thank you for being a good role model uh, to all the other um, uh, boys and girls on planet Earth. You're a good dude, man. I appreciate that, sir. It means a lot. Thank you for taking the time having me on. Yep. And uh, you have my phone number. Uh, text me anytime. You ever in California? Um, hit me up. Uh, yeah, just, just great knowing you do. Thank you, sir. All right. Have a good day. You too. Strong win. God, you guys are a tough crowd. He can't even he can't even talk about his business. Sevon is a hybrid athlete. Thank you. Yes. Shit. Did we find a? Is Baraza not a? Uh, I want. I wonder what year this is from. Uh, oh, it's from. Oh, it says right here. What? Uh, how does this work? Two thousand seventeen, March of two thousand seventeen. What's the date on this? Who knows how to read this kind of shit? March 3rd, 2017. What's the one mean? Oh, 13th of March, 2017. Is that what it is? <laughs> that's a long time after his um his death that his hero wad went up yeah so you guys heard my go-to workout in my 40s i started i started messing around with it again oh thank you jace i started messing around with it again yesterday yesterday i did um i did a bar complex on the minute with 95 pounds for 10 minutes and then i also instead of doing a 30 muscle ups in 10 minutes i did um i did three negatives on the minute for 10 minutes i ran a mile in the air runner yesterday too cold for my second workout of the day seven seven fifty two i tried to keep like a 747 pace and, and then when i was done it said 752 oh shut it just shut the fuck up dan Put a big fat cock in your mouth and gag on it. Thank you. And send me a photo, by the way. Uh, Zach, love uh, uh, every minute on the minute workouts, lifting, uh, conditioning, time crunch. I just, I just like, um... oh, shut it, David. You too. You guys should fucking 69 each other. Sons of bitches. Oh, good, good. And you know what, Jake? Jake, you could fucking you could fucking 69 with them too. Oh, shut it. You too, Robbie. There you go. A four-way 69er. I make myself vulnerable to you guys, and you guys make fun of me. Fuck off. 
God, the show's killing it. I cannot fucking believe how fucking all these great guests. <coughs> two more days. Two more days. I have too much shit on my plate. I'm stressed out. Two more days and I have to go to, uh, I'm going to Athena's Scaled Nation Seminar. I'm really, I, ju I just wish, I just wish it would come. I just, I just need to drive there, get there, get out of my car, get out all my equipment and just start working. I'm stressed out that I, that I, I don't do well with things on the calendar. I do, I'm horrible with things on the calendar. Horrible. No, I don't need, no, I don't need, do you need a personal assistant? No. Personal assistant. Yeah, this, this. Anticipation's a uh, killer. Yeah, Heidi, I wish it would, it would come. I just wish, it, I just, just wish it would come. Yeah, just like, fuck. Before I ever heard the word, um, before I ever heard the word like privilege, you know how that's like that's like one of the 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 fucking uh, woke talking points that's supposed to have some sort of emotional appeal for people. Before I ever heard that term like used by those fucking ding dongs, those idiots, I was taking a um, sociology class. It was like sociology one fifty at UC Santa Barbara. It was like it was a black america or something i was a black studies major there i went i went to uh uc santa barbara as a black studies major and i remember being in the class <clears throat> it was a class that only met met one day a week and um it was three hours long the teacher was black the vast majority of the students were black T to be honest i think it was like every black kid in the school everyone with melanated skin in the school went was in the class it was like fuck it was like i never saw anyone black there and there was like 350 people in the class and like 10 of us were white and at the time i had this i i had homeless i had this uh, uh house where my mom paid the rent of course and i it was um it was a long driveway with three apartments along the driveway and i was in the apartment way in the back Right. It was all ground level apartments, a really long driveway that we all shared. And I was in the apartment in the back. It was a three bedroom apartment in the back. Actually, it was four. Oh, maybe it was only two apartments. It was two apartments, three bedroom in the front, two, three bedroom in the back. That's what it was like. So two houses on the same property that shared a long driveway. And in the back, <clears throat> I had a backyard. And I don't know, there were. Any any at any time there were between five and. 20 homeless people there and I had couches on the driveway and couches in the backyard and tents set up and all the shit. I had a bedroom. Of course I was, I was a King. I had my own bedroom. I was the only person in the house with my own bedroom. The other two bedrooms, the guys shared bedrooms. <clears throat> and there were these two guys, this black guy and this white guy, they were kind of like the house that they were, they were like house homeless people, right? Like they got to come in the house. And, um, the the white guy's name was uh, Skinhead Dave, and he had hate. He was covered in tattoos, but his most famous tattoo was he had hate tattooed on his knuckle, hate and like kill or something. There were I don't know what you're talking about about towels. There were no towels in the house. 
that was one of the interesting phenomenon. If you had a towel, you kept it close to your shit. Like there were no towels in the bathrooms at that place. <laughs> if you if you left uh uh if you left uh uh <laughs> if you left the towel out, someone was gonna wipe their ass with it. <clears throat> I did not give everyone uh, crabs in that house, but that is the house. That's where the crab, the crabs that I had crabs when I lived there. Okay, back to the story. Don't interrupt me. <clears throat> so, so Dave Carms was black, and Dave was white, and Dave was skinhead Dave, and Carms was like just like a like a full blown Rastafarian, like fucking the dreads and talked all crazy and shit. And those fucking guys slept on the fucking and Dave hated fucking black people like 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 supposedly hated them. Those guys slept on the fucking couch. We had a couch in the kitchen uh, um, uh, uh, with their heads on opposite sides <clears throat> at, at, at night that they slept there. It's a big ass couch. Sometimes I had a great Dane. It would pile on the couch, too. It was crazy. Caesar. Maybe I have a picture of Caesar somewhere. I I know I have a picture of Caesar somewhere in here. So then I'm in the sociology class. And they're like, they're talking about racism. and, 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 And I raise my hand and I go, well, really, this is racism is just a privilege. And fuck, that didn't go over well. And they're like, the professor's like, this dude in hindsight now that i think about it he looked like Lori lightfoot but as a dude he was fucking hideous looking man and i said and he goes well, what do you mean by that and i said I, I i got a fucking skinhead and a black dude to sleep on my fucking couch and because the priority is um shelter and food they don't have time for fucking racism they 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 go forage food at the church. They bring it back to the house together. They 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 they're both allowed to sleep inside if they fucking behave. They sleep inside. They don't leave their needles out and shit. I go. They don't have the privilege. They don't have the fucking luxury to worry about fucking racism. And I was and, and, and my wife reminded me. And, and of course I fucking got booed out of the class. I had to leave the class. I wasn't allowed to finish the class. I got fucking tossed out of there. Not really tossed out of there. I, I be, to be even more honest, I became too intimidated by the by the class. I was fucking hated. Like that, no one wanted to admit that the racism was a fucking privilege, of of, of excess. So I was tall. I, I I I was too scared. I left. Shocker that I was too scared. Yeah, I'm, I got a little. I'm a pussy. I've, I've never been. A, uh, I can I can be I can get I can be intimidated. And I, it's fine. I'll admit it. So, um, I shouldn't tell you guys that shit because some of you assholes will throw that in my face later. Um, so, I, I, I think, I think it, here's the irony. All those fucking people out there that talk about privilege. The irony, and my wife pointed this out to me yesterday because she was reminding me of that, of that, of when I said that in that class. Just told a whole bunch of fuck class full of fucking black people and social justice warriors that fucking you're privileged, you're privileged to take this class and to even fucking entertain the idea of racism. And uh, all those, pe- all those blue hairs out there, all those fucking people, all those fucking liberals, 
it, they're, they're all privileged to be sitting sitting around and doing that. If you're raising fucking three kids the way you're supposed to raise them, hey, I put my penis in this woman, I ejaculated in her, she fucking birthed a baby, and now I'm going to take responsibility and raise it. Like if you're doing that, if you're like living your life to like to, – to, with, with complete accountability responsibility like being a fucking uh, a, a, a legit human fucking being uh, you're, you're not fu- you don't you don't have the you're not messing around with taking your kid to fucking cvs to dye their hair blue and and, and make up stories about racism to them and identity and you, you're not playing that game that's all privilege. That's all fucking privilege. That's all just excess. Like what I want to do is I want to turn those people's electricity off uh, for just 24 hours, not 48 hours. And I want to tell them that they have to go out and find their own food in the neighborhood, find a fruit tree, find, find uh, uh, a cat to catch and eat and some fruit to pick off the trees, make them like forage on their own for a week. See if they re where, where all of a sudden they have time to push their fucking dumbass narratives. What was crazy is uh, uh, Eric Weiss, Skinhead Dave sounds like a big spoon. <clears throat> uh, Skinhead Dave was a heroin addict and a meth addict. He would shoot meth and heroin. He eventually died, um, believe it or not. Um, there are tons of avocado trees in, in, in Santa Barbara, and he had gotten – he shot himself up with heroin – and he climbed up into an avocado tree. And the story that I heard was is that he nodded off and he asphyxiated himself. Uh, a, a branch, his neck was resting on a branch and he fucking, he died like that, believe it or not. Like a fucking one in a million. And Carms, his, the, the, the black Rastafarian dude, his drug was uh, alcohol. He was always fucking drunk. He was a cool drunk. He was cool sober. They, he, he was actually... Skinhead Dave was kind of a dick. Uh, Carms was cool as shit. Go figure. The Rastafarian guy was cool. The fucking skinhead was a dick. But I, I like both of them. They added value to my life. I think Carms might still be alive. I think he might still be in Isla Vista. Isla Vista, California. I wonder if anyone... Anyone would know that. Uh, turntable, my skinhead friends are both dead now too. Yeah. I, I think that that's a bad, that's a bad course. The skinhead route's not good. I don't think it's, uh, it probably has a lower, um, life expectancy than most, uh, dem- demographics. It's not funny, but those people are all the privilege. That's the privilege class. All the people who are talking about privilege and all that and the race, the racism and and all those kids going to university. That's all the privilege class. Those are the privilege class. I'm so t- sick and tired of people calling rich people the elites too. Um, Kristen Kettler, on another note, our great Canadian government is sanctioning Azerbaijan for your people about to be murdered. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you, Canada. Jake Chapman. 
God, that picture is gross. Change that picture, dude. A kid in my old town dies from burns after he fell asleep in a bath with hot uh, water tap on. He was heroin addict, and the house was an old Victorian house with no temperature gauge. No shit. A hot water death. Wow. Uh, clock. A skinhead, white supremacist, doped and dead, but the Democrats say they're the most grave domestic threat to America. That they're not a threat at all. Those people are... Um, yesterday's guest, uh, Mary Heffernan mentioned, uh, what did she call that? And she, she, she mentioned a ballerina farms. Was that what it is? Ballerina, ballerina farm. Look at this. Wow. Wow. This is crazy. A ballerina farm is um, a farm similar to Mary Heffernan's. I guess this lady reached out to Mary Heffernan and said, hey, um, we want to start a farm just like yours. She's a m mothering uh, seven littles. She has seven kids. She was Miss America in 2023. What? Miss America has seven kids? Miss America from 2023 has seven kids. Let me see those kids. There's no fucking way you have seven kids. Man, she is skinny. Farm life. Damn. Okay. Well, I guess that makes sense why she has, um, oh, this, she looks beautiful here. Look at that picture. My goodness. Uh, Utah is a wonderful entrepreneurial community. Pleased to be counted of, with Utah's 40 businesses, business leaders under 40 years old this year. Ah, that shit's dumb. Great picture though. Two, four, six. There's six kids, seven kids. How the fuck does she have seven kids? Oh my goodness. Wow. Unbelievable. Wow. Oh, look at this. Here she is milking a cow. I want to see someone drink. Oh, does she drink it? God, good on these people. Crazy. Miss Utah America. Oh, that's a great picture of her. Holy cow. I want to hear this story. I want to, can I get her on the podcast? Holy shit. Follow. Oh, I know. Look at this. I get, I'm going to click her husband's account. That's the way to get to her. Follow. Father of seven, soulmate to, Han soulmate to Hannah. Currently building a new dairy and creamery. Holy shit. 
Cold Mertens is going to be the fittest, <clears throat> fittest guy who raises pigs in the world, and she's the most beautiful. I don't know something. Uh, Stephen Flores, my grandma had thirteen kids. Mason Mitchell, she's a breeder. Matt Burns, get you aroused? Did what get me aroused? I, I, I've never in twelve hundred episodes been aroused back here. Oh. I've been highly stimulated, but I aroused would be a little strong. Uh, Kristen Keller, Sevy, the original Brian friend was the Duncan dude in the 2014 behind the scenes. He was just six years too early. Duncan dude. I don't know who that is. I spoke to Brian yesterday on the phone. He said he wants to come on the show. So trying to get that scheduled. That redheaded chick. Um, the, the fighter chick, Ty Emery, I really enjoyed having her on. Oh, yeah. What about that hippie chick that called in? Yeah, she was awesome. God, good memory. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, Mr. Wick, the hog father. What a name. Yeah. I didn't, but that went right over my head. The hog father. That seven foot tall chick's never been on the show. And I, and I don't get uh, stimulated by, um, I don't get stimulated by Instagram. I've never masturbated to anything on um, Instagram. Instagram, I don't, I don't, I don't view it like that. Oh shit. I just got a text from J.R. Howell. Uh, electricians are running cable through the ceiling and will drop down the PoE switches, uh, which we can mount to beams so you can easily move uh, Ethernet and connect in three different places on the gym floor. No shit. God, I think we're going to pull this thing off at Crash Crucible. Crazy. Oh, here we go. It's become a competition in the in the comments. Here we go. Eric Utley. Utley. Uh, my former mother-in-law uh -oh, is the youngest of 30 siblings. Two moms, 15 kids each. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> it would be an incredible life to have like three wives and just keep them all pregnant for like 15 years and have like 45 kids and just live in a castle. I, I could. I could so do that. I mean, I'm happy with the life I have. One of my foam things is falling off the ceiling. You know what I need? I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get a camera that's just like on a on a that I can just pick up and hold with my hand, like a little um, webcam, and I can show you the rest of the studio. I can show you what I'm looking at. Wouldn't that be cool? Just point at stuff. I'm getting. Uh, I'm getting. Um, I'm getting the NFL Network this week. I, sh I, should, I should probably just do it right now on the air for accountability purposes. I'm going to watch the game. I think Tyson's going in this week. I really do. Let's see. I'm going to type in his name. Uh, what's his name? Tyson. Agent. Then I'm going to hit news. Uh, Tyson Bajant time two days ago. Former Super Bowl champ says yes. Green Bay Packer rival fans and media calls for Tyson Bajan to start one day ago. 
Former NFL coach says it's time to bench Justin Fields two days ago. OJ Simpson, Justin Fields days as Chicago Bears starting QB are numbered one day ago. Justin Fields is holding Bears offensive back and needs to be benched two days ago. Sports mockery. Sports Illustrated, Chicago Bears gets everyone to agree they're worst. Hmm. ESPN, D2 star Tyson Bajant uh, making push to be Bears backup QB. Oh, that's a month ago. How OJ Simpson weighs in on sports shit? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I know OJ. Crazy, right? Yeah, it says OJ. I mean, it's it's, it's here. It's uh, in sports Kedia, whatever that is. You want to see it? Here, I'll pull it up. I get. Uh, oh, shit. Who would have ever thought to see fucking Tyson Bajan and OJ Simpson in the same article? Look at this shit. Look at this shit. Uh, OJ Simpson predicts Justin Fields will lose Bears QB1 job to Tyson Bajan. You will be seeing him before the season's over. Holy shit. OJ saying your name. How weird is it that that guy killed uh, a couple people and he's just, he just got away with it. Huh. <sighs> Hmm. Uh, Sevi, uh, Heidi Kroom, Sevi, I've offered to be in your hair many times. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, he might stab you, OJ. Yeah. Uh, OJ, uh, D Cave Dastro, OJ Simpson knows about getting rid of starters. I get OJ Simpson on the podcast. Shit, that would be cool. Hey, OJ, what's up, dude? I think he just did his first, uh, like, comeback podcast in years with the Nelk Boys, like, about six months ago. No, Eric Wise, did you see what, uh, Eric Wise writes, Sevy, did you see what London Breed, mayor of San Francisco, is requiring for homeless in San Francisco? No, but I fucking love it. Let's see that shit. London breed homeless. This is going to be great. I already know it. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Democrat San Francisco mayor announces plan to require drug testing, treat drug testing treatment to receive homeless services. Hey, didn't I didn't um, didn't we talk about this like fucking six months ago or eight months ago? Drug testing services. Hey, dude, not one fucking homeless person can pass the drug test. And now who's going to pay for that? God, what a fucking skank this chick is. She is such a skank. You're telling me it's not okay for fucking to unleash uh, hundreds of garbage men and garbage trucks on the city of San Francisco with armed guards everywhere and just start picking all this shit up and throwing it in the back of garbage trucks? You're telling me it's okay for me to have to jump through all the hoops to start a small business in San Francisco and then someone can send a, set a tent, set a tent up in front of my business? Are you out of your fucking mind? How does that make any fucking sense? 
Why do I have to jump through all these fucking hoops? Why am I paying taxes if someone can just set up a fucking house in front of the doorway of my business? <clears throat> uh, what What's Renee saying? I want to know what Renee is saying. Oh, you think this is an old article? Excuse me. No, this is from September 27, 2023. Uh, Renee K. Um, humping a palm tree. Uh, is it? But apparently they're trying to go after other filter companies that are similar. Better stock up filter. Oh, is this the Brita thing? Dan Guerrero, finally a good comment. Asking a homeless person to take a drug test to qualify for help is the same as asking an obese person to do a muscle-up before starting CrossFit. Yeah, it is election season, right? I heard Joe Rogan was giving props to Newsom for this. If he was, Joe's a jackass. I heard that Gavin Newsom surprisingly vetoed the bill allowing minors to make the decision for gender uh, alteration surgery. It's like, dude, now all of a sudden Newsom's pulling back? Sorry. Sorry. I mean, thank you, but like, you don't get credit for it. You don't get like points for that. You're going to have to do a lot more than that. You're going to have to do a lot more than that. All right, 9 o'clock. Has my internet been choppy at all today? I'm getting a signal from StreamYard showing that my internet speed is, like, really low. Why the fuck would my internet speed be really low? Uh, Kristen Kettler, dude, you need Dale King back on. Great pod with Pedro. I, I think I, we have Dale scheduled on the schedule to come on with Greg here soon. Both of them will be on together. Yeah, exactly. John Wick. Didn't California just approve August as National Trans Pride Month? Yeah, just fucking idiocy. Mental. It's like we probably have like Mental Health Month and then we have promote be a codependent for Mental Health Month. It's such a joke. Uh, Karina Pace. Hey, get this. I had a dream. I had a knockdown drag out fight with a dwarf last night. It's from listening to your podcast while falling asleep. I'm a lover, not a fighter. What a wild dream. Oh, that's awesome. A wad zombie. Newsom is requiring they quadruple the Section 8 housing in one of the nicest cities in our area. Also, we're requiring they put in homeless hotel in that same city. Yeah, it's all bullshit. Newsom is a dirtbag of the highest order. It's fucking crazy. Why would you, why would you tolerate that? Look at any look at any city in California and look where the crime is. It's in the Section 8 housing areas, all of it. It's it's like it skyrockets in those areas. We have this one little Section 8 housing in Santa Cruz by my house, and it's like where all the fucking like cr crazy crimes are. You're grainy. How about now? I think I'm grainy just because of the way the lighting and the camera is, but am I blocky? And thank you for answering. 
Are you hosting Shut Up and Scribble today? No. Why? What's going on? Is that show going on today? Should I call Taylor and find out what the fuck's going on? If they're doing that show. Is it on the schedule? Oh, it is blocky? Okay, so, so something is wrong with my signal. That sucks. Uh, Karina Pace did win the fight. Okay, well, that's good. Um, let me see if I can find Taylor's number in here. Taylor. Taylor Self. Okay. Uh, Taylor's number is... Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Sounds like we got something going. Hey. Hello. Oh, hi. May I speak with Taylor, please? Hello. Hi. May I speak with Taylor, please? What? Oh, shit. Shit. I dialed the number wrong. How come she, how come she couldn't hear me? land for a second uh, Karina Pace did beat up the dwarf okay, that's good. You, want, you want to fight in your dream <clears throat> give Taylor a break he's a good dude in person what do you mean he's always a good dude he's a good dude Taylor, if you can... Oh, shut the fuck up. Asshole. I mean, uh, oh, I'm sorry I missed your call. Uh, I have to hold my phone far away now. I got old. I think I need bifocals. But I'm in denial. People do hate on Taylor? Where? i never seen anyone hate on him. Hello. Hi, this is the Sevon Podcast. May we speak with J.R. Howell, please? Uh, you may. I thought this was my internet provider that I'm waiting to have a friendly conversation with. Are you live on the air right now? I am. No, you're live on the air right now. Hey, are you doing a show in uh, one hour and 50 minutes? Yes, sir. All right, cool. Uh, can you give us a hint on what the topic's going to be today? Uh, yes, we're going to go over the Crucible uh, events that have been released, and we're going to go over some uh, Charlotte Classic workouts that have been released, and we may touch on the Wadapalooza leaderboard. Oh, so you're using your time on my platform to promote your shit. Um, we are uh, bringing you thousands of views to your YouTube channel, yes. Thank you. I love you. All right, cool. Well, I love you. you. Can't, wait, right, you. can't wait to hear All the right. show. Bye. Yes, sir. Yeah. The Crucible event does look dope. His gym is dope. I hope we can do it justice with our coverage. Oh, you can't see it? Really? Uh, uh, Magnus Holmgren says, um, get it on the schedule. I can't see it upcoming live. No shit. Let me see. Uh, mm -mm -mm. 
You know who I'm trying to get on. Oh, I don't see it. Oh, shit. I don't see it. Um, hold on. Hold on. Let me double check. Whoa. Uh, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, oh, fuck. Will. I need to go. Oh, Will Bramstetter. Will. Will's like the adult over there. Will Taylor. J.R. Caleb, Sousa. Guys, comma, I don't see the shut up and scribble show scheduled for today, dipshits. No, I won't write that. That's not cool. I, I'm slipping. I don't do that shit. I don't have time for that shit. Oh, that's a great question. What does JR's wife look like? I you should ask on the show. It rhymes with smoke show. It is smoke show. That's the that anyone who ends up meeting JR's family, that's the first thing they report back to me. Uh, have you ever seen his wife? Uh, Judy Reed, uh, Taylor's, uh, when Taylor was on the podcast and he was talking about his upbringing, it was so good. Yeah, it was great. Taylor was great on it. All right. Horrible. Uh, how's the diet? Horrible. I slipped off. My wife, my wife, uh, st stuck with it. Uh, she's only, she, well, I don't know which diet you're talking about. I'm so fucking weak in my resolve we were only we were going to do carnivore for just a month and now she's three weeks into it and i slipped off after like five days maybe four let's say five let's give me credit for five uh sevi uh go look at the comments of the crossfit games update show from three weeks ago they eat taylor up in there they do oh he was wild in that show right um What's the date on it? I'll see if I can pull it up and read some. Uh, I see 13 days ago, shut up and scribble. Oh, CrossFit Games update show. Okay, I see it. Okay. It's 12,000 views two weeks ago. Um, who's wearing the prey shirt? Halpin wears prey shirts? My goodness. Okay, here we go. Let's, let's, let's look at this. Uh, Uh, sort by, uh, newest. Okay. Uh, oh, the first comment. Um, this episode was honestly a tough watch with the way Taylor was handling the discussion, discussion, especially with Halpin. And I haven't had a hard time listening to an episode on this show before. Most of us probably enjoy a nuanced and respectful conversation about important topics, but this was, wasn't it, man. And I'm a regular listener, regular listener. Taylor's always very nuanced when it comes to programming, but this was borderline bullying and mean-spirited. Even Sevon called him out about taking things out of context. I really wanted to hear Halpin's suggestion, uh, suggestions just, just to consider new perspectives on the sport. 
not listen to someone shout at him as soon as he opened his mouth. Taylor seems like a good dude and is obviously super passionate passionate about the sport. I can't read this morning. But his handling of the discussion doesn't help anyone. Uh, you guys need a girl to join the group. Uh, Taylor peaked in this episode. Uh, Halpin provides d- objective da- data. Taylor pres- uh, provides, you're wrong, that's dumb. There's some compliments on Taylor too, though. Taylor's the man. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, says Mr. Craggle. But Taylor needs to create his own competition and program it so others can shit on it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I just watched this and I just want to yell, shut up to Taylor. My goodness. Hey, listen. He's going to be on this week's show, I think. Let me see who's on this week's uh, CrossFit Games Update show. Speaking of... uh, uh, You guys remember when uh, Lauren Khalil took over the um, Morning Chalk Up? She basically owned their YouTube station, right? It was just Lauren Khalil 24-7. That's happened over on the Lone Ranger Network. She's taken over. She, I mean, it's all they have now. Uh, Tyler Watkins, uh, the the creator of the Heat app. I love Tyler. Mr. Taylor, Taylor Self, love Taylor. And John Young. It's going to be a fun show. And who knows what special guests. I thought he was wild too. I thought he was fucking. I thought he was out of control too. I thought it was over the top too. But like, I don't hate him for it, and I don't dislike him for it. I I, I wasn't. Um, um. Oh wow! Dig up. Like out of the ground how much is that fuck yeah i was just having to deal with uh internet issues oh god the next 48 hours are so crazy for me i'm so fucking stressed if i told you what i was stressed about you'd be like god you're a bitch sevy my life is so easy All right, um, so shut up and scribbles tonight. Oh, do I have another show tonight? I better make sure I know what I'm doing. Oh, I don't even see shut up and scribble on the calendar. Sousa doesn't even have it on the fucking calendar. Dude, oh my God. I don't see it on the calendar or um, or uh, YouTube. Now I'm really stressed out. And then tomorrow we have two shows. I got to drive to Sunnyvale tomorrow. And Saturday morning. Oi, oi, oi. All right. I don't think that there's a, I don't think that there's a show on, um, 
I don't think that there's a show on uh, Saturday. That stresses me out because I'll be filming uh, the um, Scaled Nation seminar. Mike McCaskey, Sevon can't manage his own calendar. Dude, I would love for you to try and schedule 300, basically try to schedule 900 people. So for every person you see, there's three people that we're trying to schedule. I'd love to see you try to schedule 900 people into a fucking calendar over a one-year period for something that has to happen every fucking day. And then prepare for the show. And raise your fucking kids. And talk on the phone to all your friends all your fucking have a phone addiction. Talking on the phone addiction. And listen to audiobooks. Manage my own fucking calendar. There'd be no fucking show if I didn't have someone fucking doing the scheduling and managing the calendar. That's like, I bet you Susa spends two hours a day doing that. It's fucking nuts. People switching schedules, changing times. Fucking absolutely nuts. The calendar is a fucking chaos. Uh, B- Mike McCaskey says, I'm busy returning shopping carts. Hold on. I'm calling the cops on you. Yeah. There's this guy in my comments, Mike McCaskey. Uh-huh. I've had it fucking up to here with him. <laughs> yeah. And don't forget. And don't forget all the times I have to bang your mom. And shoot peptides. I did my fifth dose of uh, CJ1-1295 today. Oh, man, I'm sore from those 30 negative muscle-ups. All right. um, Talk to you guys soon. Thanks for everything. Love you guys. Bye-bye.